Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to a few hours of some of the very best r slash I don't work here lady stories Starting with this incredible post in which a Karen believes that another client at a hairdresser is actually a stylist and demands that she cut her hair I should have cut her hair before lockdown. I went to the salon to get my hair done after the cut The stylist had to leave and go to the bathroom while she was in there I got up and was checking out my new do in the mirror and thinking about what more I might ask for I turned around and Karen was sitting in the chair and before I could say anything she gave me her star request i don't remember what it was other than it wasn't the stereotypical karen cut i said sorry i don't work here i'm just waiting for the stylist to finish me up and the front desk employee came back and told karen that not only did she need an appointment she couldn't just walk in and sit down in one of the stations karen's response was to say that my station was open and the stylist me was just primping herself in the mirror so she must be free to do her hair the employee said she doesn't work here you need to check in at the front desk but karen replied what she's wearing the apron of the company she clearly works here and she should be doing her job rather than pritting herself in the mirror yes i was wearing an apron with the company's name on it it's the one that all clients wear to protect their clothing while karen was arguing with the front desk employee my stylist was done came out and began asking me is it okay or do you need any changes Karen told her to shut up and wait her turn. I said everything was good and walked up to pay. Karen was yelling at me the whole time to come back and do her hair. She was still yelling as I paid and walked out, but not before I saw Karen sit down for a cut and have the apron put on her, to which I shouted out, she's wearing an apron. She must be an employee. Oh, I should have cut her hair. Arts and crafts were always my worst activity at summer camp. It might have looked interesting. The stylist told me next time I went in that Karen told her that she hopes her co-worker, me, was going to lose her job for her behavior. And no matter how many times she was told I was just a customer, Karen didn't believe her. OP, I can't believe it. You had the chance, the one chance that we all dream of, to legally ruin a Karen's life by just destroying their hair. And you don't do it. I'm disappointed. Imagine the scenes, buzzing it all off, making it look terrible. You could have done whatever you wanted and she couldn't have said anything. She asked you to cut her hair, but no, you've let me down. But most of all, you let yourself down. And for that, I feel bad for you. How to shake hands with three world leaders in less than a minute with no security credentials. First time posting. Even though I'm a grizzled old Reddit veteran of, checks watch, seven hours. Back in 89, Ray Hanatchen, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, was sworn in as Canada's new governor general, Canadian envoy to the crown. This was a big deal for me because I was best friends with his son. So my mum and I got invited to the inaugural gala in Ottawa. 
We were flown in a Gulfstream. I'd never even been on a plane before and would be staying at Rido Hall, the GovG's official residence. To properly document this August event, I borrowed my uncle's very expensive, very impressive looking camera and lenses and also got a new used suit. I felt pretty damn important for a shy grade 10 kit. Anyway, I was waiting in line with the rest of the plebs to be ushered in to stand at the back in the House of Commons when I was approached by two RCMP officers who asked me to step out of line. Now, I'm pretty sure, guys, that an RCMP officer is just a police officer in Canada. Of course, my immediate thought was, oh God, what did I do? But they informed me that I was in the wrong line and to please go with them. Confused, I looked around and then down at myself and saw the expensive camera dangling from my neck, partially obscuring the lanyard that allowed me onto the grounds. Holy heck, they thought I was press. I always looked older than my actual age back then. I glanced over to my mum and she silently mouthed, go, and so off I go to the press gallery. The cops plot me into the cluster of photographers from the national press, and suddenly I'm sharing the same bird's eye view as Sandy Ronaldo and Peter Mansbridge, the Barbara Walters and Tom Brocco of Canada. Um, now, the good thing is that if you don't know who any of those people are, well, I'm in the same boat. They just sound like some lovely names. I snap away happily and hobnob with members of the Fifth Estate for a bit and head for the stairs to go find my mum. But once again, I'm stopped by the RCs. Welp, the jig is up, I thought. But the officer actually said to me, Sir, the press conferences are through the other exit behind you. What the what? Once again, I'm led into another room I have no business being in, and in the span of 20 minutes, I've met Trudeau, Moroni, Shretien, Bouchard, Turner, Clark, and a pack of others. Now, these names might not mean much to non-Canadians, but trust me, these are some of the biggest, haunchiest honchos in Canadian politics for three decades. The only ones who knew I didn't belong were Ray himself and Roy Romano, my province's future premier. They just did a double take and thought the whole thing was hilarious. Never ratted me out. Classy guys. So there you go. Three PMs, one former, one current, and one future, all because I didn't own my own camera. You know what, OP? I mean, to be fair, it's not as if like you did any of that, right? You weren't like trying to be tricky, trying to sneak in. You know, you see those videos on YouTube now like, oh, I snuck into, you know, the royal wedding or something like that. Or like Mayweather, Logan Paul fight, stuff like that. OP was just chilling. You know, he had his lanyard. He was going to go in. But the, but the cameraman, the camera did it all for him. You know, what I really rate, by the way, I really rate. Um, Who was it? I don't know who OP said. Two of the blokes. One, one, what was his name? Roly something. To be honest, I don't know who he was. Roy Ramano uh, and Ray. The nice guys who didn't rat you out even though they knew you weren't supposed to be in there. Good lads. Because, you know, look, important people are important. It's kind of, you know, in the name. And, and someone that was a little bit, you know, more, I don't know, up themselves probably would have been like, oh, get this guy out of here. He doesn't know what he's doing. He shouldn't be in here with us important people. But they were seeing the funny side. Good on them. Now moving on to our second story. No, I won't clean your table, but you can talk to my manager and she won't either. A couple years ago, I was working for a theme park as a live entertainment support tech. As you can tell by my username, which is Spotlight Desire, I'm a lighting stagehand by trade. This particular story takes place on my second day of work after returning from a four year hiatus. We were all working hard to get the summer show up on its feet and ready for tech in a couple of weeks. So we took a longer lunch break than normal. Low level staff like myself and our department supervisors 
at a pizza place across the streets now the way we dress for this position was fairly distinctive amongst our staff but i guess less so when you leave the park we wear show blacks all black clothing down to socks and undershirts some stickers even insist you wear black underwear the black shirts which were button-up work shirts we had as well as the ball cap several of us were wearing had the name of the theme park and entertainment in silver in a less than missable fonts on top of which we had name tags with the company logo and our tool belts on our hips the pizza place however had shorter sleeve black polos for managers or t-shirts and though they were a similar black theme they were not at all alike Anyway, sorry for the long setup, but it's important you know how unbelievable this situation was. So, I'm making my way through the buffet, grabbing pizza and some salad, when I hear it. The impatient shriek of, EXCUSE ME! Now I'm focused on my lunch, as we are still on a time crunch, after all. Naturally, I assume this woman just wanted me to step aside, so I politely moved. I heard a distinct huff, then felt a not-too-gentle tap on my shoulder. I turned around, confused. Can I- Finally, I've managed to get someone's attention. All these tables are filthy and I want you to clean one for me. I blinked for a moment, about to utter the words you all expect. I got as far as I don't- I know you're on your lunch break, she interrupted, but you can stuff your face in a bit. You have a paying customer here with no place to sit. Am I just supposed to eat standing like an animal? Yes, she actually said that. I point to the logo on my work shirts and she doesn't even look. But nonetheless, I say, sorry, I can't clean your table for you. There's always someone at the register. Maybe they can do- But you're right here, right now. Why should I have to wait for someone else to do your job? At this point, I just sigh and begin to walk off. Karen shrieks, I want to talk to your manager. As it so happens, guess who was sitting at the table with our staff? Suddenly, I get an idea that probably belongs on our slash malicious compliance. I flag my manager over. Hey, OP, what's going on? This woman said she wanted to speak to my manager. Uh, why would she- This lazy sack of poop isn't doing her job. I want you to tell her to clean me a table. Now. Uh, OP doesn't work for the pizza place, and neither do I. What the F is wrong with people these days? No one ever gives good service anymore. My manager, seeing just what I've been putting up with, went off on Karen. She didn't yell and was very controlled, but it was actually to the point where it was quite scary. I wish I could remember exactly what she'd said, but I'd wandered out of earshot after she told me to take my food and sit down. All I know is Karen finally seemed to get the message. Now, here's the best part. I don't know exactly why, but Karen left without ever eating a single slice of pizza that she'd paid for. My manager ended up giving me some cash to cover my lunch after all the rubbish. So thanks, Karen, I guess. I mean, this one story, guys, let's be realistic. Could be on r slash entitled parents, could be on r slash malicious compliance, could be on r slash idiot. I don't know. Is that a subreddit? Who knows? Um, But it's found its way onto r slash I don't work here, lady. And to be honest, yeah, it works. Unlike OP at the store. Just because they're wearing the same color, you know, top as someone who works at the store doesn't mean you work there and also they're eating pizza out with all the customers i don't normally see you know workers at a pizza place doing that maybe that's my experience but um yeah come on seriously you idiot you don't deserve any pizza get out of my store and now moving on to our final story of today's i don't work here lady episode security thinks i am his relief I work for a pretty large security company that has a contract with the absolute biggest employer in the city. 
this is where I work security for. I also live in a security protected apartment complex. Plot twist. It's protected by the same company that I work for. My apartment was right next to the clubhouse. This was where security parked. Some background information. The company as a whole uses tan shirts for supervisors and white shirts for officers. But the specific contract for this employer dictated that supervisors wore white shirts and officers wore blue. Now I am a supervisor. To top it off, my apartment complex is only a five minute drive, 15 minute walk from where I work. On this one particular day, I'd just gotten off at 8am from a 12 hour shift and had exactly eight hours before I had to be back in for another 12 hour shift. I also had to deal with an employee of the company I protect trying to start fist fights and punching me in the face just 20 minutes before my shift ended. So I was already on edge. I pulled my car up to the front of my apartment and being the friendly introvert I am, waved to the security guard who was looking directly at me and then went towards my front door. As I was moving through the big key ring to get my key out, my shoulder is grabbed and I'm violently turned around. Still haven't been able to settle down from the incident at work. I put the guy who grabbed me over the railing and on his head. Now, fortunately, he wasn't injured or anything, but it did take him a little minute to get up as he went a full 180 in under a second. When I realized it was the security guard of the complex, I walked over and tried to help him up. He fired off at me. You aren't allowed in the residence apartments. I'll have you fired for this. Now, I've seen this guy a few times when I went to check the mail, but he seemed not to recognize me. I can fully understand. I see 500 people walk in and out where I work, and I never bother learning names unless, one, I work with you every day, two, you're one of the big shots who actually can fire me in an instant, or three, you cause trouble frequently. Needless to say, I can understand the lack of recognition. So I say, I don't work here, I live here. BS, he immediately responded once he got back on his feet. I know our uniform, you're the new guy, supposed to be relieving me. He grabbed my arm and tried to show me where the car was. Remove your hand from my arm or I will remove it from yours, I say back. I was already done and looking at, at most, six hours of sleep, still in fight mode. I would have apologized later for this line, but spoilers. He's already on the radio, calling in his supervisor to come and deal with me. An hour later, the property manager is coming in to open the clubhouse. She stops, smiles and waves and comes over. Hi, didn't think you'd be out at this time. The property manager and I were pretty cool with each other. I'm skilled enough to make most repairs myself. I'm never late with rent and I once ran out to the pool to perform CPR for a residence. She also knew from the inspection yesterday that I was going to be pulling a messed up 12 on, 8 off, 12 on couple days. Before I can explain anything, the other guard butted in. He was trying to go into a residence apartment. I got my supervisor on the way. He won't be doing it again here. Ladies and gentlemen, I turned him upside down. The property manager, a nice, sweet, older woman, was about to turn this idiot inside out. Before she could say anything, the officer's supervisor drove up and asked what was going on. She cut the officer off and told him, This fool is holding one of our residents hostage outside his apartment. I want him out of my complex five minutes ago and he'll not be coming back here ever. The supervisor just gave the officer a dismissive thumbback motion. He had no leeway to argue. The contractee can always tell who not to allow on any sites, even our own employees. Yeah, he was fired on the spot. 
And this is not the end, folks. Remember how I said we work for the same company? The corporate big shots decided to rehire him and send him to the largest employer they got and give him a second shot. He arrived for an interview at my facility where I had hiring power. In the interview, I included all of these three questions. One, are you going to keep anyone out that is supposed to be in here? Two, are you going to ask for credentials for anyone you don't know trying to enter? And three, are you going to grab anyone? He said no, and I accepted him into the facility. He's been working a year here now, and he's one of my best access control officers on site. Even to the point, someone claimed he let someone in that wasn't authorized, and I laughed instantly. Honestly, that is such a wholesome ending and it's actually really good to hear because clearly this guy was just, you know, a bit too overzealous. He was a bit too, you know, into his job, maybe a little bit aggressive, but clearly he is the sort of person that you want in this role. You know, he's doing his role seriously. Look, imagine, would you rather have him looking out for everyone, maybe doing a little bit too much, maybe going a little bit too strong, but, you know, doing his job well and and being very detailed and, and making sure he's doing everything correctly or someone who, you know, is just on their phone, chilling, not looking at anything, not doing their job. I know what I'd rather have. So... For me, amazing to see that he got a second chance and that he t- he took it with both hands. Um, kind of like your arm, OP. Uh, yeah, let's forget about that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I don't work here, lady. Strip club edition. This takes us back to the early 2000s. I was 19 at the time. My second job ever was at a shady accountant's office. I worked a couple of years as a courier and then was promoted to a small administrative role. It was a small office, but we handled a lot of work because we had a lot of clients. Our biggest was a chain, big store with headquarters overseas. We did the numbers for the local branches. This meant that the big store would send a couple of times per year a representative that would stay a couple of days in a hotel. So we'd have to show them a nice time in town. One of these representatives, VIP in the story, was a bit of a creep and demanded to go to nightclubs where we had to make sure he didn't get in trouble. Our country was always in the middle of an economic crisis, so the accountant would make us go above and beyond to keep the representatives happy and, in the case of this guy, drunk. During one of the VIP's visits, he heard of a strip club and wanted to go there at all costs. One of my co-workers took him there and the VIP liked it so much that he practically never left the establishments. I don't know why, but he decided that this would be the place of operations next time he'd come and he managed to make sure a next visit would ensue as soon as possible. So a couple of months later, he came with short notice and arranged with the accountant to have their meetings at the strip club. Mind you, this was still during working hours. All right, guys, sorry for the long background. Now to the I don't work here lady parts. This went down during a meeting at said strip club at noon. We were sitting in one of the corner tables away from most of the action. It was actually a pretty quiet place, all things considered. And given the nature of the talk, ill accounting practices, it surprisingly seemed like a good place. There were a few patrons next to the stage and there was little action but there were dancers coming and going. It seemed like the place never closed. 
Can I just say, before we get into this, really, what a weird place to have accounting meetings. This guy is strange. Now, the accountant's personal assistant was a girl in her mid-twenties. She was the accountant's niece, and she was both incredibly smart and beautiful. She was sitting next to her uncle, taking notes and providing data on demand. I was there just to make sure the VIP always had a drink in hand. At some point, I was handed some documents to check something out, and the accountant's assistant went to the bar to get more drinks. So, it was three males sitting at the table, the VIP and the accountant talking figures, as I was checking the papers, when suddenly we heard a loud crash and some yelling. We turned to see the assistant arguing with drunk patron one, her white shirt all wet. She then threw a punch at his face. He got rocked back by the vicious hits and the surprise. Two other patrons who were nearby jumped in and tried to grab the assistant. We sprang from our seats and rushed to her aid. There was some pushing and pulling. The accountant was trying to hold back his assistant, his niece, and shield her, but she was enraged. The VIP and I were pushing the other drunk patrons back. Fortunately, the fighting was contained between the assistants and the first drunk patron, and a full-blown skirmish didn't break out. A couple of seconds later, a massive two-meter, that's about six-foot-eight bouncer, appeared, grabbed the drunk patron, and started bellowing out orders. We instantly stopped as if we were toddlers under the command of a kindergarten teacher. Upon questioning, the drunk patron said that the expletive for sex worker refused to serve him a drink and a lap dance, pointing at the assistants. Still enraged, she started shouting and things almost escalate again, weren't it for the bouncer being so menacingly in control. The man was good at his job. Eventually, the assistant calmed down and said that she was returning from the bar with a tray with drinks when this drunk patron slapped her in the butt and told her to take him to a private booth. She said she didn't work there. He slurred something about being quick about it. And when she tried to leave, he tried to grab for her chest and knock the tray with drinks all over her suit and shirts. She told him something along the lines of, I told you, I don't work here, you butthole. And he replied, Will you look like a, insert word here, that works here? She lost it and started swinging. So, the aftermath. The drunk patron was kicked out, and the two other drunk patrons left with their friend. The VIP paid the bartender some money to allow us to stay there. I took the assistant in a cab back to her home. She was still fuming and ranted on how she hated working for her uncle and his shady clients. She wanted to quit and start working in her field. She was an architect, but our economy was so depressed, there was hardly any work there. She took a week off work after that, and during that week, I decided to quit. I was a high school dropout, and I thought it was a good time to get graduated. So, I haven't seen her since. I learned that the accountant was caught stealing from the big clients a couple of years later, and his business declined heavily after losing the majority of that business. A couple of years ago, I saw that the assistant was running a somewhat successful Instagram account, giving interior design tips and offering her services as an architect and designer. She seems to be doing okay. As for the strip club, well, it closed a long time ago. So I guess the drunk patrons are getting their fill elsewhere. Jeez, getting accused of being a stripper when you're not one. That is tough, seriously. But to be honest, I don't blame, you know, anyone else in the story, even the patron. Like, if you're in a strip club and you see a very good-looking girl holding a tray of drinks, it's not that far-fetched to think that they might be a stripper, sorry. The only person I blame is this weird VIP bloke 
Why do you want to do your accounting stuff in a strip club? How cooked are you in the head? Sorry, that is very, very strange. Look, fair enough. If you're into that sort of thing, I'm not personally, but I know that some people are. If you're into that sort of thing, fine. But don't do it during your work. Surely you go to this accounting office first, get your work done. Afterwards, you go there. You don't host your meetings there. That is so weird. The only person I blame in this whole story is Mr. Big VIP. He's an absolute disgrace to all other VIPs out there. I hate him. All right, then moving on to our next story. Karen mistakes me for a bank employee. Proceeds to attempt to rob the bank and gets arrested. For some background. About 20 years ago, I worked for a company that made software for banks and credit unions. Two smaller regional banks merged and we were called in to upgrade all the branches for the same version of software and to point the network to the new consolidated bank. How boring is that? My God. I mean, no offense, but anyway, let's move on. <laughs> that's, okay, sorry, I tell that, but that's quite rude. Sorry, let's, let's just continue, right? Forget I said that. This happens after hours so as not to interfere day-to-day operations. The whole process took several hours on site at each branch. So we were sure we would have plenty of time to roll things back if anything went wrong. We started a few hours before the bank closed. This would give us time to fix anything before the bank opened the next day. The process started with a meeting to go over the plan for the branch with the bank staff, some of whom would be helping with the process because my team doesn't have complete access to the bank systems. This is a small bank. There's four offices, a conference room, and space for like five tellers up front. It turned out it was payday for some large employer or something. But just as I started my meeting with the branch manager, the two staff from my company and the two bank employees who'd be opening the bank the following day, the bank starts to get real busy. The meeting lasted about 30 minutes. And all the while, the line and waiting area is filling up. So I rush through the details for the bank manager and release him. Then the two opening staff. I leave the details for my team for last. My team knew the process. They just needed to know what computers to start on first. Anyways, I dismiss the bank staff and they go to help the rush up front. And I continue my meeting with my team. Then I send them out to get some food since it looks like the bank might not close on time anyway. I head over to the bank manager's office and immediately a woman ducks under the rope line and makes straight for the office trying to follow me inside. I didn't see her step out of line, so I at first thought maybe she was a bank employee. As soon as I turned around, she said something like, It's about dang time. I've been waiting for half an hour. Now, this was BS because we started the meeting at 4.30 and it wasn't even 5 yet. I tried to tell her that she was mistaken. I don't work at the bank, but she cut me off, not even paying attention to what I was saying. She plopped herself down in one of the chairs and said, I need to make a withdrawal. I replied, sorry, I can't help you with that. You'll need to wait in line. No, I've already waited for an hour. I know you can do it. You've done it before. She slaps her ID and bank card on the desk and says, just open the damn drawer and give me $2,000. I can't. I don't, but I couldn't even finish explaining that I don't work here. BS, you've done it before. Give me 2000 I can't. That's it. At this point, she's raised her voice and is now standing. I assumed she was going to leave and I went to open the door, but she pushed me back and yelled, I'm not leaving this office until you give me $2,000. She then picked up a screwdriver out of the toolkit sitting on the desk and starts prying at the desk drawer. I push her back and she swings at me with the screwdriver. 
I step back, but she scratches my arm, tearing my shirt, and goes back to prying at the drawer. I've had it at this point. I'm thinking, she is nuts, and I need to do something. I look at the office, and it looks like everyone is busy, and I think that maybe they didn't notice her yelling. It looks like she's not making any progress on the desk. It's way too sturdy. So, I try a calmer approach and try to get her attention. She stops for a moment and looks at me like she forgot I was there. Are you going to get me my money or what? She snaps. I'm not an employee of the bank. BS, you were just in the meeting with the other employees. Yes, I know that, but then get me my money or get out of my way. She interrupted before pushing me again. I finally had it. I looked out the window and it seemed like all the bank employees were calm and quiet. I thought, F if I'm just going to stand here and watch her rob the bank. She was a big woman, but I played hockey against bigger. So even if she had a few pounds on me, I was pretty sure I could at least slow her down. I took a step back, brought my shoulder down. Then with a step and a short lunge, I shoulder checked her into the brick wall behind her. She smacked her head on the wall and gave a short oomph as I knocked the wind out of her. And then she collapsed to the floor unconscious. I watched her suspiciously for a moment, thinking that was easier than I thought. Why didn't I do that earlier? Then I thought maybe I actually properly hurt her. So I knelt down to check on her. She was breathing. I shouldn't move her. The screwdriver flew across the office. So I just stepped over her and walked out into the bank. About that time, I heard sirens. Lots of them. A short while later, some police came into the bank. Having just assaulted a woman, leaving her unconscious, I put my hands up. The police walked over, looked at me, then walked into the office. I turned around and the bank staff were pointing at the office where I'd just left. Evidently, they had triggered the silent alarm as soon as the woman had yelled at me to give her money. They had then moved the other customers to the conference room and were following protocols to comply and not interfere. The end result was she woke up to being handcuffed. She was seen by an EMT briefly before being arrested for armed robbery, kidnapping and assault. The screwdriver from the toolkit was taken as evidence and we teased my tech for the next few years. You get your screwdriver back yet? So she came in for $2,000 and left with five to 10 years in prison. She was actually only in there for four. As an assault victim in that state, they notified me when she got out. Okay, that's actually like really clever. I've learned something there. I didn't know there were like secret alarms. So they let the robbery continue while secretly alerting the police that this is happening. I guess if they were like open and loud about it, they first of all risk being, you know, like shot or like injured by the robber. But secondly, the robber could just leave and be like, oh no, people realize. Maybe in this situation, it's just way better to to make the robber think that no one really knows what's going on. Apart from OP in the situation, of course, who they're scrapping. But actually in reality, everyone knows what's going on. The staff have taken all these customers, people trying to get money out themselves into another room just for their own safety, just waiting for the police to show up really. And actually just kind of like left to a 1v1, I guess. OP versus the robber. Not the best situation to be in, but my God, did you handle it well there, my son? That was exceptional. A little shoulder barge for the chin, knocking her out. Incredible scenes of glorious emotion. Congratulations on your success. And now moving on to our final story of today's episode. Lady snatches dinosaur model out of my hand. So, I was heading to a toy store, name redacted for privacy's sake, because they'd informed me that they had the new Coelophysis model made by Safari Limited. 
I didn't have that model in my collection and I usually order my models there and I have a good enough relationship with the store workers to let me know when a certain model on my list is available. Now, before we continue on with this story, I need to know what this dinosaur looks like. The Celiophysis, I think it's pronounced. Not entirely sure. Um, comment down below how to pronounce it. If you know, let's have a look at it. I mean, to be fair, what a bad boy. Looks a little bit like a Velociraptor, I would say. I don't know how big it is. Um, you know what? I'm going to do some more research. I mean, to be fair, it looks like it would fit in right now with the current background you can see in this video. Um, pretty insane. Look at it. Looks brilliant. Uh, anyway, it can grow up to three meters, 9.8 feet long. So yeah, pretty similar to a Velociraptor, I reckon. And um, if I was in a fist fight with it, I reckon it would kill me. Let's continue. So I go into the store wearing a red shirt because I felt like it. And normally the toy store workers wear red, but they have tags on. So you know where this is going. I enter the store and ask if they have the Coelophysis and they point me in the right direction since in this case, it wasn't one of the models I prepaid them for. So, I see the Coelophysis among other models. It wasn't the only one, and I get my hands on it. When I take it off the shelf, a lady says to me, Oh, thank you. I can take it from here. I turn around and see this lady that looks like she's in her late 30s, holding out her hand to me, expecting me to just plop the dinosaur in her hands. I was looking confused for a moment, and then she got frustrated and asked me if I was hard of hearing. I asked why she wanted me to hand over the model that I wanted, and she asked what I meant. I was an employee. I suddenly got her assumption and told her that no, I don't work here. I was just a customer. She was fuming and pointed out that I was wearing the same shade of red as the workers. I responded that red is not exclusive to this store. And if she would excuse me, I was going to purchase the Coelophysis. She then got intrusive and started asking why would an adult collect dinosaur models? I responded that people are allowed to have hobbies and try to move on. Apparently not satisfied with my answer, she blocked me and freaking snatched the Coelophysis out of my hands and went to the counter. I was about to shrug my shoulders and grab a spare, not wanting to escalate, until I realized that she had also taken the other Coelophysis models on the shelf. The other remaining models were of Brachiosaurus and Microraptors, by the way. A little bit infuriated at this, but keeping my calm, I went to the counter and asked her to give it back and told the people at the counter that she snatched the model out of my hands. They asked her if it was true and she actually told the truth, but only because he was being a bad employee, lying about wanting the model for himself and not providing good customer service. Now, the counter workers, who had seen me enough times as a consistent buyer, pointed out to the lady that I wasn't a worker, and she got huffy. She then said that she was the proper purchaser because she was getting them for her kit, while an adult shouldn't be playing with toys. That maybe if I wasn't collecting them, I would properly become an adult. So one of the counter workers called the store owner, who came to ask what was going on. After explaining, he had a frown on his face and went to check the security footage. After seeing that she had indeed snatched it out of my hands and had escalated the situation herself, he ordered her to give me my safari model or he'd have her ousted from the store. Now, the store owner is a big guy, so she withered under his gaze a bit and gave me back my safari. I calmly thanked her because I really didn't want to have to deal with her any further and the store people. But I will admit, I did enjoy seeing her crumple at the sight of a very annoyed, burly guy. And now, finally, I have a Coelophysis in my collection. 
Oh, what's that? Sorry, lady. You're trying to steal my dinosaur? Well, seal if I care. Like, seal if I sis, the you're not visually impaired, right? Today, I went into Asda for a few things. Milk, bread, and such like. When I heard the harumphing of an approaching Karen. I decide not to look round, in case she's targeted someone else. But no such luck, as a sharp jab in the shoulder tells me otherwise. Why aren't you paying attention? I've been asking you to help me for five minutes. That's BS. She's literally just arrived. I turn to her and give the best, for F's sake, face I can muster and reply with the old, I don't work here, lady. I then give a couple of other faces as I see a manager approaching and realize that the opportunity to do something mean has all but effectively disappeared. Instead, I point to the manager and tell her to speak to him. The manager looks at me and asks, is she bothering you too? That tells me that somebody else, maybe even several other people, has complained about her. I nod. Before the Karen can open her mouth, the manager asks her if she can see what I'm wearing and how my grey shorts and blue t-shirt don't match the black trousers and green polo shirt that the staff wear. To which she replies, of course I can. The manager then asks her, so you are definitely not visually impaired? Blind, says the Karen. Of course I'm not blind. I can see what he's wearing, but I want him fired for not helping me. And and why did you ask if I'm blind anyway? Well, I reckon that if you can't tell that he is a customer and clearly not a member of staff, says the manager, gesturing at me, then either you are blind, stupid, or mad. And you're not blind. The Karen just went beetroot red and stormed off. Best manager I've met in ages. All right, then there we go. That is the first interaction between OP and this Karen. That is part one. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. This manager shouldn't really have said something as harsh as that. And I completely agree with you. But also, imagine if this Karen is going around annoying all customers and they keep complaining to the manager. He probably just wants to get her out of the store, right? So he doesn't really care to being that polite. Anyway, let's get into part two. Confuse a Karen. I popped into a local shop yesterday for bread and milk and a few other bits. It's fairly cold, so I'm in my outdoor coat, hat, and gloves and look nothing like the sales staff. I was searching for bread sauce when I hear a throat being cleared noisily nearby and a very brusque, impatient lady's voice saying, excuse me. I think to myself, it's the dreaded Karen and I recognize that voice. This one I'm pretty sure I've met before. I know that saying I don't work here won't work, but this gives me a little idea, a little experiment, if you will. So I turn to her and say, ah, the manager, just the person I wanted to see. She looks at me with a priceless expression of confusion, mouth silently working as she tries to think of a response. And she says relatively meekly, but I don't work here. I replied to her, don't you? Oh, well, I do apologize. So what do you want? Um, nothing. And she walks away, looking like the walls of her mind had just collapsed. I'm using this one again. All right, then no messing about. Let's get straight into part three. Look, OP is already confusing the heck out of this Karen. She has no idea what's going on. Now, this third and final part takes place just three days ago. Karen's memory serves her well. Today, it's just me and the Karen. I'm a Tazda, picking up some milk, sugar, a nice loaf of tiger bread, and a few other things. When I hear the sound of approaching feet and the familiar harumph of the local Karen, I turn to face her. I've met this one at least twice and dealt with her rather well. She raises her hand, index finger extended, and opens her mouth in a way that suggests she's going to tell me what to do and call the manager all in one. 
when she pauses, having looked me in the eye. Her hand is halfway to its intended destination and her mouth is open, paused. I know you, don't I? She asks. I nod. And you don't work here, if my memory serves me correctly. Do you? No, I don't. You're quite correct. The finger is no longer extended. Her hand drops to her side. Her facial expression changes to something more amenable. You wouldn't happen to know where the Chicago town pizzas are, would you? She asks, a little sheepishly. They're in the freezer. I'll show you. Okay, look, I know it's the other end of the store and I wasn't going there, but this feels right. Then she surprised me with her next question, saying, I know I was rude to you last time. Why are you being nice and helpful? I smile and say, you asked nicely. I respect that. Well, I showed her to the freezers and she got the pizza she wanted. Then she said, thank you. It felt nice today. Wholesome. And there we go, guys. Look, I don't want to jump the gun here, but um, I think the OP may have just out Karen to Karen in many ways, confusing her and ultimately training her to not be a Karen anymore, ending in this very wholesome part three. It's exceptional. It really is. What is it they call it? A positive feedback loop, right? If you're very positive for someone multiple times, I guess you need to be when it's a Karen. One time's not going to work. But look, multiple times over the course of three months plus, also confusing her a little bit at the same time and making her realize just how stupid her question is. When you ask her if she's the manager, she knows. Obviously, she's not. Just as you know that you're not an employee. Obviously, you're not even wearing the uniform. It works. She's become more positive, said thank you to you. Very wholesome, very cool. I feel all warm and snuggly now. But look, unfortunately, guys, and honestly, I'm so sorry to say this to you all, but that is not the end of this video. We now have two more stories that involve Karens. I'm sorry. These Karens are just the same as, you know, the majority. They haven't learnt. They're horrible. I don't study here, lady. Professor Karen forces me to attend classes when I don't study there. I am a 36-year-old female working as a marketing manager in a fairly famous company. Owing for COVID, my calendar is normally chock-a-block with meetings all day long. I work with people on both hemispheres of the globe. To provide some context, I am short and friendly and have clung on to the Y2K fashion for longer than one should and tend to get mistaken for someone younger. My friend, a PhD student, had just completed her thesis from a famous school in town and asked me to come with her to collect her stuff from her workspace and room. COVID rules required her to move her things out if she wasn't using the space. We both sauntered into the campus, grabbed a meal and chatted while packing her paperwork up. I had an urgent call with a country team, so I broke off and decided to find a quiet place to take my call. I was just connecting five minutes early when I feel a hand yank me. I still had my headphones on, so I spun around and saw this lady yelling at me. She had the face of a Karen if Karens were melded into smug professors. She looked at me, smiling, with a chin diaper mask, with the you're so in trouble young woman grin. It took me a while to disconnect the call and I asked her what she needed. She started yelling at me, saying I was playing hooky and I had a class to be in. I looked down at what I'm wearing, skirt and salad fingers graphic tee. It didn't help that I'd colored my hair. I tried to explain to her that I wasn't a student and I needed to get on a call, but she started dragging me into the class I was supposed to be in. My brain just froze because I'm panicking. I'm missing an important work call and my friend is nowhere in sight. We're outside of class now and I'm trying to call my friend. She snatches my phone though, the teacher that is, and claims she's seen me doing this more often. 
Really, Prof Karen? Now you have a non-existent history of my misgivings. She's convinced she's seen me do this in her class as well as someone else's. She called the prof teaching the class out and asked her to take me in. These are huge classes, so the one teaching also just assumes that I'm part of her class. I'm really questioning my clothing slash life choices at this point. I was going to give up and just attend the dang class when my friend comes rushing in. I told her what happened quickly. But Karen is now convinced that we're both horror kids that need to be schooled. My friend had left her ID in her room, but I remember I was carrying my visiting card. Yes, companies still make those and my credit card with me. The teaching prof has gone inside, but Karen still has her hand firmly clasping my wrist. However, she throws away my visiting card and drags the both of us to the dean's office. We're waiting and I can see my Microsoft Teams blowing up with messages while she's still holding onto my phone. I wanted to scream, but I'm mortified of confrontation and clearly so is my friend. The dean calls us in and we explain the situation. Karen keeps telling him that I failed her class and she knows me to pull such stunts. It's gotten personal. I quickly turn around and ask her what my name is and she says she doesn't remember it, but she knows my face. I snatched my phone, showed my credit card, my office profile, thankfully we have those with photos, and the call I'm being pinged for. It slowly dawns on the dean's office what has happened. Gears are slowly turning in Prof Karen's head. I pick up my things and tell them I'm leaving the campus. I leave behind my card and tell them they can debar me if they find me in the system. I even leave my personal phone number on the card. I'd wanted to see what happened to that horrible lady, but a part of me just wanted to run straight out of there. My friend then told me how it all played out after that, but I had an interesting story to tell my colleagues as to why I didn't show up for a work call. This genuinely is quite a tough one because if you're in college, if you've been to college or you're in college right now, you'll know that, you know, the classes are massive. When I was at uni, we had big lecture theatres and there's no way that one, you know, tutor would be able to know every student in their class. So if you were to see someone who looked like they could be a student in your class, looked young, you know, were wearing student type clothing and were in a class, maybe you go up to them and confront them. And perhaps in this story, this Karen just actually thought that this person, OP, was another one of her students who genuinely had been bunking and missing classes i reckon that's probably what happened here because normally if you're a tutor you probably wouldn't just go and confront a random student but i guess really it's just the case of mistaken identity i don't completely blame the karen professor to be honest because she was kind of just doing her job it's just unfortunate that you got caught up in it op but um hey yeah good story to tell now moving on to our final story of today's episode how not to recruit a nurse in nursing school you have clinical days The day before clinical, you have to go to the hospital and pick a patient you'll work with the next day. You also have a chance to work as a CNA while in school to gain more experience and make a little money because it's difficult to work full time and go through nursing school. There were two hospitals in my small town. I worked at hospital A in the ICU as a CNA. My clinicals were in the larger hospital, Hospital B. I worked a shift at my hospital and ran over to the other one across town to pick my patients and get my pre-clinical work done. It was about 7.30 when I got there. Most hospital shifts you work are 12 hours, 7 to 7. I knew I was going to be on a med surge floor, so I got on the elevator to ride up and look through my paperwork to find out what unit I'd be at the next day. A lady in a pantsuit with a hospital badge was already in the elevator and gave me a look like I'd peed in her Cheerios. 
Okay, I just moved to the side and finally found my paper letting me know what floor and units I needed to go to in a really ugly tone The pantsuit asked me where are you headed? Staying polite. I'm heading to 3n. I say she slammed the button and I just said thank you as we were riding She turned to me and started chewing me out It's not appropriate for you to be coming in 20 minutes after shift change. We've been understaffed all day and those units are slammed right now. I just kind of stared at her for a second and thought, I'm not going to be disturbing the nurses. And if I have to wait on a chart, that's fine. I don't intend on interrupting reports. But I just said, okay. If anything, though, her face got angrier. My floor arrived and she stepped out with me and kept pace with me as I headed to the nurse's station. I went to the side and took a look at the assignment board to see if anyone had a diagnosis I hadn't worked with before. Then I sat down out of the way and waited quietly because the charge nurses were still discussing assignments. When they finished, I asked the charge nurse if there was a patient I should pick. I did this because sometimes there were interesting procedures or I'd get a chance to practice my skills the next day. As I was waiting, pantsuit lady watched me and when she saw me sit down, she immediately snapped her fingers at me and pointed down to the floor, saying, you come here. The voice was nasty enough that it stopped several people mid-report to find out what was going on. I stood up and approached her and she grabbed my sleeve and pulled me over closer to the charge nurses. Ignoring me and talking directly to them, she proceeded to tell them that I was their aide and she wanted them to make sure I was written up for being late. I realized then that she thought I worked there. I was a lot less confrontational or aggressive then. My, how nursing changes you. But I never really got the chance to say anything as she jerked her hand away from me and wiped it like she just touched poo. She then looked at me with a face I can only describe as sour lemon smugness and walked away. The charge looked at me and said, well, we already have an aide, but we sure could use you. Let me see how. She trailed off as I put out my hand and said, I don't work here. I'm with my school and I'm here to pick out a patient for clinicals tomorrow. Does that lady always treat people like they're dogs? The charge nurse stared at me for a second and then started laughing and said, oh, what a stupid dog. Don't mind her. We all hate her. She then asked, how much longer do you have? I replied that I graduate in six months. I also asked if they had any interesting procedures or if they had a patient that a one-to-one student nurse would make easier to handle. She also asked where I planned on working after I graduated. I just looked down the hallway where the pantsuit had gone and just said, well, not here, which made her laugh even more. I had a truly relaxing clinical the next day with a sweet elderly lady with dementia and a minor medical condition. We folded laundry together to keep her busy and to keep her from pulling at her surgical sites. Now, what was really fun about this story is that next semester, when representatives come to try and recruit you to the hospital, I got to reply to a question about why I wasn't interested in their hospital. I got to say that I didn't appreciate the way they treated their staff and then tell my story. There was recognition in their eyes when I described the lady and they shook their heads when I told them about the events. Plus, I knew that my hospital was waiting for me to graduate so I could come to work in the ICU, which was my dream at the time. And it was for a bit more pay than this hospital was offering anyway. 
Yeah, very simple conclusion for me on this story. Um, pretty much. If you're the boss of someone or you think you're the boss of someone, don't treat them badly because you never know. If they're young, especially, or, you know, it doesn't matter how old they are, they could end up being your boss one day. And if you've been horrible to them in the past and you've wronged them, then the likelihood is they're not going to be very nice to you in future. And it could really damage your career. Um, so now this woman, the pantsuit lady, has got a very bad reputation because of how she acted to UOP as a trainee. Robber mistakes me a cashier as another customer and offers to cut me in on a robbery i'm a convenience store cashier and besides the occasional robbery nothing really happens here we've had a handful of super dramatic get on the ground robberies but most are just regular shoplifters because nothing really happens here i like to make small talk with the people in the store to pass the time sometimes people have great stories sometimes we end up knowing someone in common Sometimes it's just nice to make a person smile the other day I was out from behind the register stocking shelves I was the only person in the store because weekday afternoons are usually slow and because basically everyone's quits It's getting cold here and the building still hasn't turned the heat on So I had a hoodie over my uniform short sleeve shirt and name tag So I guess I just looked like a guy browsing the aisles now This wasn't a problem because when a customer came in i'd say let me know if you need anything and that cleared it up Maybe two came in the entire start of my shift Just as things were wrapping up and i'd had a long dead streak a guy about my age came in and seemed in a great mood He also had a big hoodie on but it's cold out. So I didn't think anything of it at all I said let me know if you need anything from down where I was with the shelves and he came and stood by me kind of giggling weird But i've seen weirder whatever finally i said can I help you and he just goes (laughs) I'll be honest. I don't know how to like say that. Let me try again Hey, what a weird thing to say so i'm like hi and he starts talking to me about the logo on my hoodie Which is a local sports team. Have you ever heard anyone go? Hey before No, me neither. So we go back and forth for a bit. My side of the conversation was normal His side was really overstated. In hindsight, it's clearly because he was nervous. But I was kind of checked out and didn't really care at the time. Like I'd say, yeah, he's got a good arm, but his head just isn't in it this season. And this guy would reply, oh my god, the best arm. Once in a lifetime talent. But he's not there at all. Gone. Trash. Garbage. They should just cut him. I keep stocking the shelves, not thinking at all about the odd nature of what he's saying. And instead, thinking in the back of my mind... Is he gonna buy something or what from there? We actually got talking about how we got into the game and had a really heartfelt conversation About going with our fathers and sitting in the cheap seats and we did actually sort of bond a little Finally, we ran out of sports commentary to make it one another though So there was a wave of silence for a few minutes Then he gets uncomfortably close to me and whispers. I like you a lot. You know that So my first thought was that this was some kind of gay thing No problem at all if that's what you're into. It's not my scene though So I took a healthy step back and told him thanks, but no thanks He laughed kind of maniacally and explained to me. No, he meant he liked me So he'd be willing to cut me in on what he was currently doing. I ask what that is He explains ain't nobody in here. I've got my truck outside. I'm gonna load it up with beer and stuff Look, you seem like a good dude. So i'm tipping you off in case you want anything Ain't no one here. It's easy money, bro. 
I couldn't believe it. He was trying to rob the store and he was telling me about it. I quickly realized his overly excited, socially inappropriate behavior must have been drugs. Rather than confront someone on drugs, in my experience, their moods can change from perky to violent really quickly. I just went with my gut and decided to play along. I knew I needed an excuse to get back behind the register. So I said, good stuff. Forget the beer though, man. I'm going for the real easy money and hopped over behind the counter where I promptly but discreetly pressed the button that locks the doors from the inside, followed shortly by our brand new panic button. This was the first time I'd ever used it, hoping there wouldn't be a time, but at least I wasn't genuinely panicking yet. At this point, he's loaded both shoulders up with six packs and headed for the door to make the first of what I'm sure he anticipated would be several trips. He pushed against the door with his hip and of course it didn't budge. And he pushed pretty hard anticipating it would swing easily so i felt kind of bad seeing him wince he nearly dropped the bear he turned to me more frustrated than scared at this point and when bruh the door's jammed can you give it a try now i was nervous to step out from behind the register in case this guy had a weapon so i tried to deflect and was just like maybe you've got to pull it he started freaking out and was running around the store he was trying the back door but it locked as well He was trying to climb up and reach the one tiny window we've got, but not only was it too high, it doesn't really fit a person. I kept playing dumb. Eventually, the cops came. It took a while, and the guide resorted to hiding in the stockroom by the time they made it over. Not before first wrecking a couple aisles in his frenzy, but at least I was able to lock him in the stockroom once he went inside. They came in to arrest the guy, and he starts trying to blame the whole thing on me saying i set him up saying i made him do it it genuinely confused the police for a bit so i don't work as a robber i do work at the gas station though how much longer will depend on how many more robberies i live down ah honestly part of me genuinely does feel bad for this guy because what sort of place in your life do you have to be at to take some drugs and then go and rob a store probably not a very good one but hey it did make for a pretty funny story imagine this guy just trying to like smash the door down looking at his mate well someone he thinks is his mate helping him out on this and him going bro the door's not opening what's going on can you give it a try and he's like with his finger on the panic button "Uh, yeah keep trying mate maybe try pulling it inwards i'm sure it will give in a second knowing full well the police are on their way Ah, it's tough but it's deserved to be honest i actually do rate the bravery from op because if it was me working there i'd genuinely be like well it's only a few bits just let him go he's on drugs i do not want to mess with that bloke but nah op was like i'm locking him in not just the whole store also in the storage room amazing he's caught him red-handed brilliant scenes good bravery now moving on to our second story of today's episode Karen landed me a potential future job. When I was younger, around 14, I always wore collared t-shirts, often used as uniforms at most electronic stores. I just started a simple job elsewhere and was going to use my savings and first payments to buy my first self-built gaming computer. So I was in a computer electronics store, trying to learn and make a few plans. Doing this as efficiently as possible, I like to get hands-on and it helps me think and plan better. As I was crouching over components, like Gollum, trying to select my own components for the very first time, this lady came up to me and tried to get my attention. Me, hunching over, knee-deep in my own thoughts, she asked me if I work here. As I was as focused as I was, it slightly startled me, and I jumped up and only managed to come up with a short, um, as I was going to ask her what she just said. 
not being able to actually make out the question she asked she continued to ask me if i could help her and i don't blame her considering my appearance me just having entered the job market i have received some service experience and figured i might as well the question probably couldn't be that hard right the following interaction ensued uh yeah sure what do you need i replied i'm trying to find a laptop for my son but i'm completely lost seems fair enough and a reasonable question to ask anyone with my appearance regardless of me working there or not okay so uh, were you thinking school laptop or general use well it's more of a gaming laptop really okay do you have a budget or any other information that might be useful making a decision yeah i've got a mid-tier budget and i know he plays team fortress 2 and roblox having just spent a few weeks learning and recently acquiring the knowledge of what parts are important for what i could confidently answer oh great well that doesn't necessarily require the most expensive computer on the market have you looked at any options now the lady at this point gets a slightly frustrated tone no that's what i came here to ask about okay well have you looked at any of the laptops displayed at the section over there i point to the two rows of demo laptops closer to the registers the lady then gets even more frustrated no i have no idea what i'd be looking for that's why i came over to ask okay i'm sorry Well, anything between a lower amount than your budget and your budget would probably have what you need. Just look for relevant specs and it would be more than enough for him. Can you join me so I'm sure? I'm figuring at this point that it shouldn't be a considerably long interaction and I could get back to my things. I'm just going to point out three options at three different prices and then I'll leave. So I accompany her over to the laptop section. Okay, so which ones would be an option? I point at three different laptops and I make an effort to explain the differences in a short but precise manner. After concluding, I consider myself done. Beyond that, you could really just pick based on your budget, I said. As I'm about to leave, she says, so what can you do on pricing here? A little confused, I quickly realized the mistake that has just happened. Oh, I'm sorry. I think there's a misunderstanding. See, I don't... Oh, come on. I know you guys have some leeway on the prices. What's the best you can do? No, no, you see... Oh, don't you dare be more condescending than you were earlier. That should account in the price too. She's probably referring back to when she was getting flustered in the first place. A bit taken aback by what just happened, I say again, I don't... Oh, but I know you do. I know I can get a better one if you just work out whatever you have to. What about that one? Could we do 20% here? That seems reasonable. No, you have to talk to... Fine, direct me to your supervisor. But you're coming with me. I don't work here. What do you mean? Why else would you be helping me? Now, come on. Let's bring this to the register and get something done. As we proceed to the checkout, which was rather close, she's literally dragging my tiny little body along as I make an effort to explain the mishap. When we then get to the register and a worker sees this lady literally trying to push me behind the counter, they ask, what is going on? Well, this young man is going to honor his word and sell me this laptop at a 20% discount. Oh, uh, he doesn't work here, said the worker. Well, why has he been helping me and promised me a 20% discount then? Your company is now responsible to keep that. I tried to tell you I don't work here and whatever the case is, I will have this laptop for this price i don't know what happened over there but then the worker continued to explain what is about to happen next i managed to slide away as i see a manager approach from what i could make out as i'm lingering in the area trying to get back to my things the lady got upset and left in a bit of a hurry as i finally got back to doing what i was doing 
The manager approached me and me thinking I was in trouble was about to apologize for making the lady think I worked there He assured me though that I had nothing to worry about And he had in fact watched me deal with the situation and told me that some customers are like that with real employees, too He apparently admired the way I explained things to her and asked if I ever needed a place to work I would be welcome back I appreciated it finished my planning and left and there you go guys I guess that story just proves that not all Karen interactions have to be bad I mean look pretty terrible experience not the most enjoyable But at the end of the day this guy has landed himself a job at an electronics company And he sounds like he's big into electronics and laptops and stuff sounds like the dream job for the bloke Congratulations, you've done it now Someone's actually asked in the comments. Did you end up going back for a job and opie replied? I did work there on a school related workplace readiness thing but was never employed ended up moving not long after this okay it didn't work out but nonetheless it's super nice of the manager to offer you a job right there and then because yeah to be honest i would do the same you handled that situation really well you were patient polite and ultimately you did a good job good lad oh and he's also said that he did get that gaming computer built and that it was magnificent if he does say so himself um up the gaming pcs i am a fan of course you freaking work here why else would you be dressed like that so this was back in august I just moved to the city and had just started working at a bank I didn't have the company apparel yet, but I had a good amount of business clothes Plus I like dressing nice I was done early that day and downtown was on the train ride home So I figured i'd stop to do some clothes shopping I was shopping around the store in the business attire section now I was wearing my business attire at the time So one could guess why there might be some confusion and this lady who only spoke spanish Asked if I spoke spanish and if I could help her I said yes and asked what she needed Sabes donde están las maletas? Do you know where the suitcases are? Perdón, señora. Yo no trabajo aquí, pero creo que están en el primer piso. Sorry, mom. I don't work here, but I think they're on the first floor. We both laughed, and she commented on how nice my clothes look. It made me blush a little bit. I'm self-conscious. Then she thanked me for helping her. 20 freaking seconds later, another lady comes up to me in a not-so-nice way, demanding I get her another coat with matching pants in such size, asking why we had suits mixed up, and specifically to get her a freaking dressing room since she had no idea why we only had two open in the middle of the pandemic i explained to her that one we're in a pandemic two i don't know anything about suits i just wear them and three i don't freaking work here of course you freaking work here why else would you be dressed like that she said because i like dressing nice and frankly it's none of your business well i saw you helping the other lady stop lying because she was nice maybe you should try it every once in a while at this point one of the actual workers saw what was going on and intervened Later on, we both happened to be in the changing room, in different stools, obviously, and she started going off on the phone about how a rude employee refused to help her. When I was done trying on new suits, I went with black this time, she was talking to the manager about me and exclaimed, that short one, when I walked by. The manager was like, who the heck is that dude? I just laughed and paid for my clothes. Moral of the story, don't be a Richard and someone might help you. Even if they don't work there. Sorry, is this woman actually surprised that someone wearing a business suit is shopping for another business suit? Like, isn't that a normal thing? Say I saw somebody shopping for designer clothes and they were wearing designer clothes. I wouldn't say, oh my God, you must work here because you're wearing similar clothes to what you're trying to buy. Like what? 
No, because he's wearing a business suit. He probably likes business suit. He's getting another one. That's weird. But um, hey, that was her logic. And also something else that I've thought about on this subreddit in particular. How many times in your life, you watching right now, you listening right now, has an employee ever lied to you about working somewhere? Like the whole premise of this subreddit, I don't work here, lady, is people who aren't employees telling entitled people like this woman that they don't work there, truthfully. And then these people saying, no, you must work here because you're wearing this or you're acting like this or you're helping this person now why would an actual employee ever lie about working somewhere where they don't honestly like the whole premise of the subreddit just doesn't make any sense if you think about it but hey some people clearly have no common sense like this lady i don't understand why she actually thought op would lie about this like why there's nothing in it for op to lie about working somewhere that he doesn't weird i don't know why she actually thought op was lying like why would op do that yes i don't work here i know wait i actually do what are you gaining from that i don't get it personally but hey that was the logic now moving on to our next I don't work here lady post wearing headphones while on the clock is unprofessional now help me little information heading into this I work in the auto industry dealership parts department to be exact This means I have a uniform which is slacks shoes and a polo shirt and jacket in the automakers colors with their name embroidered on the left chest At the time of this incident, I worked for an auto manufacturer whose logo is a big T in an oval. The internal name is the sombrero. This meant my polo shirt was black with red sides and a huge red T logo along with the dealer's name on it. So here we go. Back in March, I'd just gotten off my late shift. The dealer I was with at the time was open until seven. On the way home, I stopped at the Big Mart that used to use a smiley logo where employees wear blue vests to get some groceries for dinner, along with flowers for my dad and stuff to make a cake for my mum's birthday. A lot of significant dates happen in the first two weeks of March for our family. When I go shopping, I usually put in my Bluetooth earbuds as I don't want to talk to people. And it helps deter those annoying cable, internet, power salespeople that roam the aisles of this store trying to sell you their rubbish. My headphones at the time were a pair of Adidas Adistar by Monster. They were Bluetooth with a cord between the two and a little inline controller on the right side. This is relevant later. Now I'm in the store. It's about 7.25 p.m. and I've got my earbuds in. I'm in the baking aisle looking for caster sugar. Our Walmart does carry it and I notice somebody off to my right. I don't think anything of it. It's a steady evening for them. This location is always busy. I finally settle on some sugar and go to reach for it when I feel a sharp pain in my ears, followed by someone yelling at me. I turn and yell, what the heck? And I'm face to face with a woman, maybe 40-ish, about my height, 5'10". She's dressed quite smartly, high heel boots, leggings, an expensive looking coat, shoulder length hair, earrings that look painfully heavy, yelling at me and holding my headphones. She'd grab the controller and yank them out as I couldn't hear her talking at me. She starts telling me off that it's very unprofessional for me to be wearing headphones while working. How dare I talk to her like that and that she's been trying to get my attention if she needs me to fetch her something. I snap back that I do not work here and demand my earbuds back. She responds that I obviously do from how I'm dressed and that I'm just lazy. Then looks at my headphones in her hand with a smirk and says you won't be needing these. Proceeds to throw them on the ground and start stomping on them. I'm furious and I start shouting at her what the heck makes her think I work here and proceed to point at the logo on my shirt and call her a moron. At this point, a crowd has started to gather at either end of the aisle to see what all the commotion is. 
I guess an employee had heard something and called a manager or security. As someone in a white business shirt with a company lanyard around their neck comes down the aisle to break us up and see what is happening. She immediately starts going off at him about how lazy and unprofessional his employees are and how she wants to talk to corporates. He turns to me and starts to ask why I was ignoring her and wouldn't help her when he notices my shirt. You don't work here, do you? As he's staring at me. No, I work at the dealer up the road. I'm just here to pick up a few things and this psycho attacked me. He apologizes and asked me if she hurt me. And I responded just my ears when she yanked the earbuds out and then stomped on them. She starts snarling that I'm lying. I'm a POS and I need to be fired. He turns to her, picks my headphones up and tells her that he doesn't approve of violence in his store and that the authorities are already on their way. The police station is one and a half miles from the store. He asked me to check my headphones to see if they work. Shocker, they don't. When she yanked the controller, it must have damaged the wires as the right one cuts in and out. I say as much. We've now been escorted to the front of the store by customer service. And sure enough, two officers are standing by the counter. They took statements from the both of us, her flailing her arms about as she gave hers. One of the officers then went with the store manager to review the cameras. The entire time we were waiting with the officer, she keeps mouthing off how I'm going to get in so much trouble when she's proven right and innocent and that she hopes that they leave me off in cuffs. The officer with us just told her to be quiet till they were done. The manager and officer come back out after a few minutes and the officer asks, would you like to press charges? She starts going, yes, please officer. I don't want someone like this out in public. His response, I was actually talking to him while gesturing to me. I say yes, I would, as my ears still hurt and she broke my earbuds. She's spluttering and coughing like my little classic car on a cold morning, whining that she's the victim. They asked me if I can verify the amount the headphones cost when I bought them new, as she'll be required to reimburse me. Thank you, Big Blue Electronics Store, for online account purchases. In the end, she had to give me the $100 the earbuds had cost me new which went towards my new Klipsch McLaren edition T5 earbuds, and they escorted her out of the store. They gave me the flowers for my father's gravesite and a cake for my mum's birthday as an apology. It didn't end there though. She called the dealer I work at because their name was embroidered on my shirt to complain about me and the trouble I caused her. They called me into the owner's office to tell me that I caused a lot of drama over nothing and it makes the dealer look bad and basically to not do it again. I wasn't fired though. Now it turns out that that dealer was really a terrible place to work at. That's stories for other subreddits that I haven't discovered yet and I quit about five months later. I've since changed dealerships to the big blue oval. Yeah, again, I can't help but say the same thing that I said after the first story. Why would OP lie about being an employee there? Say he was actually an employee once again and this woman got annoyed because he was wearing earphones or not responding to her, etc., etc. That's all fine. But then why would an employee say, no, I'm not an employee to a customer? That just wouldn't happen. So I don't understand the point of it at all. Then again, I am questioning the logic of a person who maintained that they were innocent to the police, despite it being frankly obvious that she wasn't. So So, uh, yeah, perhaps I should just throw all logic out the window, as I should do with most of these episodes of any subreddit. How I got fired and refused to be rehired for a job I didn't have. 
I had a conference I have to attend every six months. They called a command symposium. We were a small unit by army standards, but we were spread out over the world. I enjoyed meeting with my other senior leaders during the day, but I'm an extreme introvert, so I know that I need time to recharge after a day of talking to people. I stay at the same hotel and eat at the same bar, which is a short walk from the hotel. I walk to the bar when I don't have working dinners with the other senior leaders. The bar remembers me, mainly because I watch sports and read a book while I have a few beers and eat dinner. Now, this is a big bar with many tables, about 20 pool tables and 10 dartboards and a huge wraparound bar, outdoor patio and dance floor with a stage when they have live music. They probably have 50 TVs, so they've got every sport that is televised on somewhere in the bar and the food is really good with a pretty good variety for a bar. During my third or fourth conference there, I head over to the bar for dinner and football. After I eat and have a beer, I head to the bathroom while the bartender pours me another one. Halfway to the bathroom, I get the dreaded, excuse me. You know how when you get those words, you can tell if it's, I really need some help, or I really do apologize, or you better recognize your betters, your peasants. This was the latter. I turn and see a table of six women from their mid-twenties to mid-thirties staring at me. They were dressed fairly well, so I assume they just got off work and hit the bar for a couple of drinks. It was not hard to see better than you in their eyes. So I reply, yes. The mob of Karens all started talking at the same time. You need to take our order. You've just been sitting at the bar. Get your face out that book. You need to do your job. You need to quit drinking on the job. You need to respect your customers. Whoa, I had a red button up untucked shirt, but no logo and jeans on. The staff wore bright red polos with a huge logo over the chest pockets and black pants. Only an idiot would mistake me for staff. And I don't make time for idiots. I say in my command military NCO voice, stop to chop off their yammering. Just about the whole bar turned to look over at me, facing the Karen Hydra. I was a bit louder here than I should have been probably. The Karens looked at me with their eyes widening. I don't work here, I said in a normal voice, and I went to the bathroom. Looking back now, I think the way I said stop escalated the whole thing, since I said it in the same manner I would to a bunch of privates, and these girls were better than me, after all. When I came out of the bathroom after washing my hands, very important this is, not for the story, but just important to wash your hands, I see the Karen Horde screeching and wildly motioning at the manager. Now, I'd actually met the manager a couple of times, and we knew each other by name when I came into town. He's a really good guy, and you can tell his staff liked him. One of the Karen sirens yells and points, that's him, and they all start squawking again. The manager waves me over, and I see the crooked smile that he is hiding from the Karen ogres. He says to me, OP, did you refuse to serve these ladies? I say, thinking ladies is a loose term for people that use their left butt cheek as a brain, yes. The Winidgo screech of the Karens begins again in earnest. The manager continues, well, they are demanding I fire you. Okay, I reply. Okay, then you are fired and you don't have to finish your shifts. I pause for a second and look at how smug the Karens are. And I figure this cool manager is cool. So why not? I continue. Do I get severance pay at least? Sorry, no. Any workers comp benefits? No. What about medical and dental? Not available for you. Sorry. Well, what about my final paycheck? Without missing a beat, the manager says, we'll be sending you what we owe you in the mail. Well, how about a severance beer then? 
I think we can work that out. I reach out my hand and shake the manager's hand and say, it's been a pleasure working with you, manager. The manager replied, I really wish we could keep you. And with that, I just went back to my spot at the bar. A couple of the people around me asked what happened and I told them and they had a good laugh. A few minutes later, the bartender brings me a beer before I finished the one I had and said, our manager said your beers are free tonight as your severance package. She laughs and the people around me that saw what happened or heard about it laughed too. I may have four beers at the most over a night if a game is on that I like, so there was no danger of me trying to drink the bar dry. They had three bartenders and I always had a fresh beer before the one I was drinking was finished and they poured my old beer out so my beer was always cold. I pace myself when I'm out and it can take me about 30 to 45 minutes to finish one pint. Now guys, that should be the end of the story. But a Karen has to be self-important and these girls would not let it go. More people have come into the bar by now and I'd almost forgotten the whole thing. About an hour after the incident, the manager comes up to me and says, you're not going to believe this. Can you come with me back to their table? I say, sure. So we go back to the table with the Karen hex bonds. I thought it might be an apology and I was gonna be like, no worries, mix-ups happen but I didn't understand the nature of a flock of Karens in the wild that did not get the respect they think they're entitled to. When we get to their table, the manager starts with a straight face. They've asked me to give you your job back if you will apologize to them for your rudeness as a server. They feel sorry for you knowing that you need this job for your medical bills. I cock an eyebrow at him, but he remains in character. He gives me the same crooked smile. I told you guys, this bloke is cool. One of the minor minion Karens at the table, sorry, one of the minor minion Karens, what an image. One of the minor minion Karens at the table says, we understand how tough it must be for someone in your position to be able to hold a job. Then a major Karen minion, so we're sorry, we have minor Karen minions and major Karen minions. Where's Gru in all this? That's my question. A major Karen minion says, you know, because of your age and all, and you can only be a waiter with your skill sets. Well, I have been in the army for almost 20 years at that time, Karen, but thank you very much. And then, ah, oh, here we go. Demon Lord Karen said, If you just apologize to us, then we can use our influence to get you your job back. After all, we see you just sitting at the bar getting drunk off your last paycheck. The manager at this point is really struggling to keep a straight face. OP, do you want to apologize and get your non-existent job back? I look at the coven of evil Karens. Yep, they missed it. Manager, I think I'm going to stick to the opportunities that I have already and not ask for my non-existent job back. Whoosh, right over their upturned noses. I understand. Before the manager could even finish his sentence, Lord Sauron Karen stands up and gets in my face. You better take that job off her back. We're putting our reputations on the line for you. You need our influence in this town if you want to make it here. I will personally make sure that you do not work in this town again if you don't take this job back, you worm. Now, I say worm since she actually used some other words that are not really that appropriate. If you can imagine Devil went down to Georgia where a band of demons joined right in, you get the picture of how the other Karens came in behind their Karen High Priestess. I looked her in the eye and very quietly said matter-of-factly, I don't give a flying fart in a windstorm about your opinion, influence, or whatever comes out of that male rooster garage you call a mouth. So close it before I park my car in it. Yeah, a little over the top, but I was done with them. 
I look over Kraken Karen's shoulder and say to the manager, who is pretty wide-eyed, I'm going to refuse the job I never had. I'm shaking a little from the adrenaline, but I turn and walk back to the bar and my fresh beer. The entire bar had seen this Karen screech, but since nothing really happened outside of the Karen's piercing wail of being disrespected, they went back to whatever it was they were doing. I mean, the Karen's table was in the middle of the bar, so it was kind of like a stage for them. I calmed down quickly as I really don't care what they actually think. Besides, there's a pretty good football game going on. These Karens are still mad and say some things behind my back that I tune out. The manager meets me back at the bar and apologizes. He comps my whole meal and I told him that he didn't have to do that and we have a quick laugh now that it's all over. He even tells me that they still don't know I never worked here. He said that I knows I like to relax in his bar, but he would like to do one thing if I let him. I was apprehensive, but I said, okay. The manager goes up on stage and talks to the live band that is warming up. He grabs a mic and says something like this. We are proud of our military and would like to recognize one of our patrons with almost 20 years of service. Would OP please stand up? Once again, guys, I'm an introvert and don't like this, but I like the manager, so I do it. I made sure not to look at the Karen table, but everyone else around me did. Tonight, he got confused as one of the servers and I had to fire him. The entire bar starts laughing. I tried to hire him back, but he refused my job offer. More laughter. I guess he enjoys being the non-commissioned officer in charge of one of the largest medical research facilities in Texas more. More laughter. We here at my bar want to thank you for your continuing service. The bar raises glasses and I raise mine back and sit back down. The Karens leave very quickly after that, since the entire bar is giving them the stink eye. There was no doubt about who the manager was talking about, since they were literally the center of attention for a few minutes with me standing next to their table. I have to shake a bunch of hands and get offered drinks which I decline, since I do have to work the next day. Finally, the manager comes over and I asked him why he did that. I was fine and he didn't have to do that for me. Again, I like just relaxing by reading and watching the game with a beer. Well, I did it for two reasons. First of all, no one should get treated the way they treated you. The second is, do you think they're gonna put a bad review on our page now? If they try, could you see the blowback they will get? I could not fault him for that. I went back to this bar a couple more times when I had a conference in the area, but I made sure to never wear a red shirt in there ever again. And there we go, guys. That is the end of that absolute classic of a story. One of the best stories I've read out in a long time, that is for sure. I really hope you guys did enjoy it. Drop a like on the video if you did, because that is up there for me with one of my all-time favorite stories from this subreddit. Just the ability of the manager to come out of nowhere and formulate this genius plan, acting and, you know, getting you involved in little winks and cheeky grins here saying, you know what, let's just go along with me on this one. This is going to be some fun. We're going to get the justice for you that you deserve. And we're going to go along with what these Karens think and just make them look like absolute idiots. I mean, to be fair, they are idiots, but my God, having OP stand up and saying, OP, thank you for your 20 years of military service. After these Karens thinking he was just a lousy waiter that got drunk at the bar and couldn't hold his job and had to be fired. Wow. That is incredible. I would just love to see a picture of their faces right then and there when they realized, oh my God, we've been totally schooled. We've been bamboozled and we've been played. Let's get out of here, ladies, um, and never come back. I was just fired for the second time after quitting years ago. Long story short, in 2014, I was working at a pizza chain in a rural Utah farming town. 
I won't say which one, but they're a national chain known for being greasy greasy. At the beginning of July, I gave a two-week notice to my manager that I'd be leaving to move out of state to be closer to family and a better job market. I finished out my time as promised, moved, found a new, better gig, and that was that. But of course, you heard the title, so you know that wasn't really all. In summer of 2015, I received a call from a new store manager. He informed me that he's been putting me on schedule and it was unacceptable that I wasn't even coming in to look. If I didn't show up today, he'd have no choice but to fire me. I asked him, did the old manager not take me out of the system after I quit last year? He grumbled and made some snarky complaint that if I had quit a year ago, I wouldn't be in his scheduling program. I let him know that I now live in a completely different state and working a completely different job and I wouldn't be showing up for any shifts he scheduled me for. He threatened to fire me again and I reiterated, hey, I don't actually work for you, so do what you gotta do. He hung up and that was the last I heard of it. Until we fast forward to yesterday. I received a letter from the corporate office informing me that, per their records, I haven't shown up to work since July 2014 and unfortunately they were going to have to terminate me. I still almost can't stop laughing, especially since, you know, they sent the letter to the address I gave them when I quit. At this point, OP, honestly, why not just try and get fired from the same job as many times as you possibly can? You're on two right now. I reckon you can get to, you know, three, four, five over the next five years. Just go for it. Maybe you'll, you know, you'll get the world record and you'll go into the Guinness World Book of Records or whatever it's called. And, and it'll be funny because, you know, two, getting fired from the same job twice is, is pretty impressive. But how about five? How about ten? Because this company seems completely inept. The same person is telling you that you're fired even though you left, what, seven years ago? How stupid is this company keep going get the record and if you get over three let me know if you get to five i will run naked through the streets of london uh there you go yes do it and i'm not really sure that's entirely legal but um i'll give it a go guys now moving on to our second post and honestly guys listen to this title went to senior center to deliver pizza left with a new mum i mean before even getting into this like what sort of title is that Here we go. I'm a pizza delivery guy, and I was winding down for a much-needed early close on Mother's Day Sunday. I'm one of the only people on staff who didn't have family plans that day. My family situation is what you might call complicated, so I worked all morning while short-staffed and I was pretty beat. It was especially emotionally hammering to deliver so many pizzas to happy families visiting or hosting their mums. I was ready to go home, get drunk, and forget about the whole stupid holiday. So, I get a late call, just a few minutes before we closed, and decided to take it, because money is money, and it was a pretty big order. Six pies. I loaded up and realized about three quarters of the way to the destination that the address was for the local senior center. They used to order all the time, tip really well, and make really sweet conversation before the pandemic. So I was psyched to see they were safe and steady enough to order pizzas again I snuck them a side of breadsticks from a douchebag who never tips and always harasses our female drivers that I was dropping off along the way By the time he'd call to complain we'd be closed suck on that but not on your breadsticks Anyways, I digress I got there and was glad to finish off what had been an overall really trashy day with a pleasant trip to the senior center and carried the food to the front desk. The receptionist offered to carry the pizzas back, 
but she herself looked frail enough to be a senior center resident So I said I was happy to get them where they were going. She covid checked me and gave me a new mask I'm not sure what was wrong with mine, but whatever and I found my way to some event room where they'd ordered the pizzas and It was a total gut punch Literally just a room full of sons and daughters visiting their mothers and having some kind of festive party My good mood went away really quickly and I dropped the pizzas on the table and shuffled out But I realized that while they'd prepay for the pizzas over the phone with the credit card They hadn't tipped so no matter how bitter I was I had to make in-person contact with whoever had ordered the pizzas or I basically just wasted half an hour I went around the room asking for margaret the name on the order and eventually someone put me in front of her Our shop doesn't have a uniform or anything. So I started to explain Hi, uh margaret, right? You ordered these pizzas and she became really frazzled I guess she was running the event. So she cut me off and was like, oh good. You're here. We were starting to wonder I don't think bonnie has been matched with anyone yet. Wait right here I tried to cut in and explain that I just delivered the pizzas and she must have mistaken me for someone else But it went right over her head She pushed an old woman over in a wheelchair and said practically shouting bonnie This young man is here just for you Before I could try and explain my situation again bonnie replied he is is he well full disclosure son don't get too attached because jesus has my heart margaret the one who'd ordered the pizza or at least the name we had on it whispered to me she's a real live wire have fun and then margaret's and my tip were in the wind bonnie looked up at me and goes you like bridge i hope you brought your checkbook and started wheeling away to a table i followed her thinking i'd better not lose track of her until i could return her to margaret's i spotted a woman with an id badge who looked like she knew what she was doing and explained that i was the pizza delivery guy but someone had left me with this old woman in my charge i guess my explanation though wasn't clear enough because i said something like hey i was actually delivering some pizzas up here and then the girl says you brought pizza oh that's so nice i'll make sure you're compensated So at first I thought great all resolved now, but no She gave me a wad of cash and the organizer just disappeared Leaving me with bonnie and her deck of cards I kept looking for margaret to return this lady to But I also did kind of enjoy making conversation with her and I knew that no other deliveries would be coming in since we closed on my drive over I actually did like listening to bonnie talk about the youtube conspiracies She wholeheartedly believed and the spat she was having with the arts and crafts chaperone and so on She even gave me a recipe But I was worried that she had dementia and thought I was actually a family member or that she was expecting a particular visitor and at any moment a guy would storm in and say what are you doing with my aunt or something like that so finally i saw the second organizer again the one who'd given me the cash i figured margaret may never return so i shouldn't wait for her and i pulled the organizer aside and said look there's been a mix-up i don't really know this woman the organizer seemed distracted she was doing several things at once and she very casually said oh there's no mix-up the pairings were totally random you weren't expected to have much in common you'll get to know her don't overthink it and receded back into the crowd while i was still saying no i'm just delivering pizza at that point i seriously considered leaving because it wasn't my fault that these people were unorganized but bonnie was waiting for me with this huge grin on her face to play more cards and it didn't look like there were any real relatives coming for her 
So I figured I'd stick it out for a few more games I was eventually able to pick up in context from eavesdropping on other pairs that this was not a mother-child extravaganza It was a volunteer event for women living at the senior home without kids or whose kids couldn't visit them That was a huge relief because I would have felt really terrible if she was a dementia patient who thought her son had come Especially because I was actually kind of enjoying being mothered by her for lack of a better term It felt really good to have someone asking what I was doing at work and saying they were proud of me for things that weren't actually a big deal She proudly bragged to everyone we passed on our courtyard walk about the silly little employee of the week award I just won Basically title only you get your photo on the wall But everyone gets it at some point and usually more than once But she made it feel really important And I really secretly loved how she got outraged over minor transgressions on my behalf Like I told her how my landlord is sticking it to me on repairs and she was like He's quite the ripe hair in the tuna with such sincere gusto She said she knew a guy who could tune him up for me and I don't think she was talking about repairs But I didn't follow up every time I tried to extricate myself She'd have another activity she'd want to do once we finished cards She wanted to do arts and crafts once we did that She wanted me to push her around the courtyard once we did that She was famished from the walk even though all she did was sit in her wheelchair and then wanted pizza I then fed her two slices before an orderly appeared and angrily informed me she was not supposed to eat pizza I don't know how she then ended up with a third slice, but I seriously didn't give it to her Finally, the party was winding down and she wanted me to hang out and watch a game show with her About 30 seconds into the show, she fell asleep I left her a coupon, even though I guess she isn't supposed to eat pizza, and headed home It was kind of nice to spend Mother's Day doing Mother's Day type stuff Really nice actually at this point in my life and career if you want to call it that I can have no wholly good memories that involve pizza, but this was pretty close So happy mother's day to those who celebrated and happy russian victory day to those who didn't And there we go. What a wonderful story guys. I mean that's gotta be up there hasn't it like how wholesome what a lovely story Honestly, it's true that the majority of my stories are normally about, you know Pretty disgusting or horrible people that we kind of like laugh at or just accept as just horrible But to have stories like this once in a while is a really nice positive change It just makes you smile doesn't it because there are a lot of highs and lows in this story from op's perspective The lows of having to deal with all these horrible mother's day celebrations that must just hit so hard then the highs of of saying oh i'm gonna end the day at the senior center where surely it's not gonna be all mother's day celebration the low of of seeing oh no it is actually a mother's day celebration to the high of meeting bonnie and then understanding that no this is just volunteers it isn't actually mothers and their children it's just a, a nice event celebrating life i guess And yeah, shout out to Bonnie, shout out to Margaret for, you know, including OP in this and and kind of, you know, getting their identity wrong, I guess. And ultimately, shout out OP for for doing, you know, going beyond the the, the duty of of what he needed to do in terms of his job. Could have just gone in there and left and and sacked it off and and said, oh, I hate Mother's Day. But to stick around for all that time with Bonnie and and make her day really special is, is, um, yeah, incredible thing to do. So OP, you sound like a good man. Well done to you. Falsely accused of working with crime syndicates because I delivered them a pizza. I never mistook this job for low risk, but I never imagined it could potentially get me thrown in jail. We got a pretty sketchy delivery call at a late hour. 
Our front of house is constantly slammed with everyone desperate to eat at a table again now that the vaccine is out. And they were in the weeds, so I grabbed the phone. Before I could even finish our standard greeting, the guy just goes, Yeah, it's Mac. I'm ordering a pizza. I'm not much for small talk either, so I'm rolling with it. Like, good for you, Mac. Um, pick up or delivery. You know, just rattling off the standard questions. He answered the first few, but he seemed hesitant or maybe confused. He argued with some other guy behind him for a sec, then got back on the line and ordered like normal, as though none of the preceding stuff had even happened. I caught his delivery and out I went. It was a standard large pizza, no toppings, no extras, they were going to pay cash. I pull up and it's a scary, run-down, sparsely populated apartment complex. Mostly broke college students in there now though, so I wasn't too concerned or anything. I get to the door, and when I knock, it eases open a bit. This didn't seem like the ideal neighborhood to keep your door unlocked, but not my business. I called in, hey, pizza. There was no response, so I called out a little louder. Got your pizza out here. Then an alarmed voice from inside was like, shh, just come in. Uh, yeah, no. I get that request weirdly a lot. Like everyone from sketchy apartment bros to suburban soccer mums asking me to bring the pizza to the dinner table because they're busy. Some people even pulled this during the pandemic. But it's a long-standing company policy and a dang good one that entering the home for any reason whatsoever is a hard no. So I said back, I can't do that, but I can leave it out here if you don't want to come to the door. Just need payment first. There was a silence and some shuffling and then the door shut and locked. And the guy was like, what do you mean payment first? That's not what we agreed on. Through the closed door. I was standing there wondering if this man had ever ordered a pizza in his life because payment first is basically implied, right? But I'm not looking for any confrontations or trying to be a butthole. So I just tell him, yeah, so uh, our store policy is payment first. Then he erupts, screaming, that's not what Mario and I discussed. So then I thought that maybe he was trying to pull some kind of scam on us because nobody at our store is named Mario and I'm the one who took this order. So I know what was discussed. I decided if they weren't going to pay, I'd made a reasonable attempt to deliver and I could safely head out now. As I'm preparing to do so, another guy, looking back now, I realized he didn't even have a box, walks very confidently up to the door, pounds on it like a heavy bag and grunts, pizza's here i didn't know if this dude in the apartment had ordered two identical pizzas from different shops or if our pizza had taken long enough that he thought we weren't coming and called someone else or i had the wrong apartment or what but it was weird enough that i decided to just go especially because pizza guy number two was looking at me with a real intense stare way more malice than i'd ever be able to muster on behalf of defending the turf for our joints pies He says something like, can I help you or wrong apartment or something along the lines of a cordial go the F away. But I was already on my way out and I didn't really process it. I went back to the shop and I told the story to the chef. We laughed and guessed at what it could have been to drive this man to order two pizzas at once. I didn't think about it again for several weeks. Though several weeks later, I was in the shop and a couple of cops walk in, not in uniform, but they had badges. They asked me if I'd been at such and such apartment complex on such and such day. And I was like, that was weeks ago. I've got no idea where I was. So they were all like, well, in that case, you wouldn't mind coming down to talk to us about what you do remember. But I was like, really nothing. And they said, 
Well, that's fine. Let's talk anyways and see if there's something you might not realize is relevant that comes back to you and all that other stuff prodding me. I told them I'm working right now, but I can come later next week maybe, but they were really insistent, which should have set off some flags in hindsight. They said, well, this is a really pressing matter and we'd appreciate if you came in right now. We'll explain it to your boss so there won't be any problems. You'll really be helping us out. Them not being able to chat to me at work should have been the first red flag. But I knew I hadn't done anything illegal, so it didn't even cross my mind that I could be in any sort of trouble or have any reason to worry. Especially because when I got to the police precincts, everyone was extremely friendly, like I was actually doing them a favor. They didn't throw me in a cell or try to intimidate me or anything. They brought me in a nice air-conditioned conference room and gave me a comfortable chair and asked if I wanted anything to drink and really just kind of shot the stuff with me for 20 to 30 minutes. To this day, still confused about this. Well, to be fair, OP, I do know why they do this. They want you to be as comfortable as possible, think that you're not a suspect, even though in this story you're not, in their eyes you are, and then just, you know, open up in an interview and hopefully give them as much information as possible without you kind of realizing that, you know what, you're there for a reason. They really suspect that you're involved in this. I think they even offered to order food, if I remember right. I declined even the most basic offers because I was anxious to get back to my shift. Didn't need my co-workers getting any wrong ideas. I played along and made nice because they did get the okay from my boss to go as long as I needed. But in the back of my mind, I was like, didn't you say this was urgent? They're running short staffed at work just so we can trade hot takes on the college baseball world series? Eventually though, and I think they were trying to be subtle, but they definitely weren't. They shifted to asking me about what they really brought me in to talk about They asked me about if i'd made a delivery to the apartment complex And i'd obviously rack my brain between when the cops first arrived and then so I told them actually I had That I wasn't sure if it was exactly the day they were quoting me, but it was around then I figured they'd ask about the delivery but didn't want to get ahead of their questions I figured a brain dump of information would make me come off as guilty Plus, I didn't want to accidentally tell them more than they were expecting to hear and land myself there longer. But instead of asking, like, any of the questions I expected they'd ask, they said, And how long had you known the guys you were delivering to? Kind of confused, I responded, I didn't. I could see that my answer disappointed them, but it was the truth. They collected themselves pretty quickly, though. There were two detectives, the same two who'd come for me in the store, and one kept insisting on the facts as they saw them, and the other kept trying to bend things in my favor. Okay, so a classic case of good cop, bad cop is going on here, I reckon. So, the Ben guy was like, okay, sure. Not like you all are best friends or anything, but you at least knew them as customers, right? I wasn't sure what knew them as customers was supposed to mean, because to me, it was synonymous with not knowing them. So I said no. Then they changed topics. They asked how long the delivery had been planned for. I told them everything had to be ordered same day unless it was four or more pies. And I didn't remember exactly when they called, but per store policy, it wouldn't have been more than an hour before it was delivered. Probably sooner, based on where they were relative to the store. We went back and forth like this for way longer than I was anticipating. Them asking me questions that seemed to imply I knew something. Me feeling super confused and giving them visibly disappointing answers, reminding them I knew nothing. Eventually, they seemed pretty frustrated, and they basically said, look, stop lying to us, man. Cut the rubbish. 
your friends rolled on you it's done and i'm sitting here thinking i have friends but of course in all seriousness i was shocked by the change of tone because i had no clue what they were talking about so i told them as much and they were both like come on man you're just embarrassing yourself at this point with one trying to reassure me that if I just told them what I knew, they could still help me, with the other saying I was too stupid to seize this last chance. Well, no reason to sit around and be spoken to like that, so I got up to leave. Before I knew what was happening, I was being Mirandized. It was like a horror movie nightmare playing out in slow motion in front of my eyes. So I stopped with my, I want you to know that I want to get back to work, but I'm going to be chill out of courtesy, demeanor, and lost my head at that point. I kept really forcefully, without coming off as erratic, or so I hoped, insisting that I didn't even know what they were talking about, like I'd been saying all along. They were not having any of it. They kept saying, videotape doesn't lie, man. You want to see the tape before you lock yourself into another lie? The jury's going to eat this up jury i nearly pooped myself i don't even turn right at red lights half the time plus you had video all this time you were grilling me to remember what happened and you could have just shown me a video what the heck yeah no to be fair from what i know briefly about you know police work that again is a very common thing to do that evidence is then much stronger than if you were to just show the video of what was happening because you know if you actually just showed the suspect the video they could make something up for example in your situation they could say which is the truth but that's not important i was actually delivering a pizza whereas if they were to ask you at first what was going on before showing you the tape if you were to say one thing that didn't really align with what the tape was showing or just made complete you know no sense at all then they'd have caught you out and they'd have got you right there. But anyway, I knew I was in over my head at that point. A million thoughts were swirling around and I was so overwhelmed and scared. I finally said what I should have said way back at the beginning, though I didn't say it nearly assertively enough because I was trying to, you know, act innocent, not seem guilty, not make things worse than they'd somehow already become. So I said, should I be talking to a lawyer? And they said, do you want to talk to a lawyer? Did you do something that would necessitate the aid of an attorney? And the other guy's like, if you want a lawyer, we'll get you one. But I have to say, that does not look good on you. And I shouldn't have believed him. As my dad has now drilled into my brain, you never talk to police. Only your lawyer does. But at the time, I thought, you know what? I guess asking for a lawyer does make it seem like I did it. Oh, snap. Then they showed me enhanced frames of the video and timestamps and they're saying all this stuff. It was really a blur at that point. But one particular thing stood out. They said something that they'd already said a time or two before, but it hadn't totally sunken in until then. They alleged, Your buddies thought this would be some quick money. They thought it would be real slick to order a pizza instead of just calling and saying bring the stuff up. At this point, it had been established that they thought I transported some large sum of ill-gotten cash into this apartment and that we wouldn't be suspicious or wouldn't follow up. Look, I know you're a good guy. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into, but if you're not honest with us, we can't help you. I had told them repeatedly about the other guy who showed up to supposedly deliver a pizza. I even pointed him out on the footage. Unfortunately, though, the cameras didn't have audio, so they couldn't hear me arguing with the people in the apartments over the measly few bucks, or more importantly, hear this other guy say pizza. Because the other guy didn't have a pizza box, and I did, they didn't believe me that I wasn't the pizza part of this operation. To recap, 
Apparently, what they'd uncovered from the real criminals is that they were meant to take receipts of some money. The guys inside the apartment were told something like, that afternoon you'll get a pizza, to try and prevent anyone from saying anything incriminating on paper. But these dumb idiots in the apartments didn't understand the instructions and actually ordered a real pizza instead of just waiting for their cash delivery to show up. I'm pretty certain all that arguing I'd heard on the phone was one of the other criminals asking something to the effect of, are you sure you're supposed to order an actual pizza? Because what else would they have been arguing about right then? Uh, yeah, you can tell these guys are absolute idiots. Um, pretty standard, but wow. So once I connected all the dots, it was a matter of proving my pizza delivery was legitimate. They tried to get a record of the delivery when they talked to my boss, but we're a small shop. We only keep tickets through the end of the week and we just sign a piece of paper confirming our tip amounts every night. Unfortunately, these guys wouldn't have factored in since they didn't end up paying. Now, I didn't have anyone but the criminals to corroborate my story and there was nothing in it for them to exonerate me or they would have done it by now. But then I remembered the chef. I told him all about this delivery. I begged the cops to talk to him and reminded them I'd followed them right out of the store before I'd known what this was about so they could trust he was totally untainted. Sure enough, he recounted it exactly as I told him and told the police. The stories matched near identically. The cops went through our phone logs, but these guys had called in their order from a burner, so that was of no help. I figured the chef would be enough, but after I'd been in the precinct for nearly eight hours total, They said they were going to go ahead and hold me until they could verify I didn't go with the decoy pizza and somehow give them money another way or until they found the real delivery guy. They never would because they didn't believe me that he was the other guy outside of the apartments on the video without a box. I don't know if he had the cash taped to him or what, but the cops were convinced it couldn't be him because he didn't have any bag, box or something to hold the money. Finally, realizing that this was not a misunderstanding that was going to go away, all these years of watching Law and Order kicked in and I asked for my phone call. I got my dad on the line and he of course said, don't say another word and showed up with an attorney who had me out within an hour of his arrival. I was formally cleared of all involvement the next day and I barely got an apology. None of this will show up on my record or anything, but still, you'd think they'd be a little more remorseful about what they'd put me through. My boss gave me a couple of paid days off, having seen how serious it all was, with questioning the chef and searching the phone logs and everything. I think he was just glad that I wasn't an embezzler or serial murderer or otherwise a criminal, because for the longest time, all they would tell him is I was involved in a situation and they needed information. So yeah, tread lightly, guys. Don't be like me and make this your whole career. Or do if your only alternative is to be a cash mule for a crime syndicate. I'm super happy to not have worked there. You know what, honestly, I think the end of that story is the most important part and most interesting part of all. And it reminds me of a a show I watched on Netflix which was, you know, kind of in the same similar vein to people that get accused of things like OP did in this story that are very serious and and sometimes even more serious than this. And then eventually when they're acquitted, there's no remorse. There's no aftercare. The police literally just say like, oh yeah, okay, we've been interrogating you for eight hours in this situation. It could be days, could be weeks, could be months, could be put in jail, but we're not going to show any remorse. We just got it wrong, but we're not even going to admit that. You're free to go now. 
Like, that's tough, isn't it? The show is called Criminal, guys. And if you haven't seen it, check it out on Netflix. I would highly recommend it. This one episode in particular is very similar to this story. One guy gets accused of R-wording. I can't use the actual word because, you know, YouTube will hate me. R-wording a young girl. And the whole point of the episode is showing the horrible interrogation process where he is shown picture of this girl. I think she actually gets murdered eventually. Not by him. The whole point is that he is actually, in the end, shown to be innocent. But that doesn't matter. As the episode progresses and the interrogations get more and more intense and you literally have, you know, the detective saying to him, I know you did this. I know you are worded and murdered a girl. Like imagine being that guy, you know, you haven't done it. And eventually, you know, it comes out that he hasn't done it. And he's, he, you know, he's just been wrongly arrested and interrogated for no reason. Like OP, you know, not involved in that situation, but such a serious accusation. And exactly like this, this is why I'm raising this point. Exactly like what happened to OP, the police in the show, they don't care. They're just like, oh yeah, okay, we got it wrong, but who cares? You can go now. That's it. I think in this episode, the story actually makes the news that he's been arrested. So, you know, all his family, all his friends think that he's been arrested for, you know, R-wording. And you see it all the time in society as well. Cristiano Ronaldo, he was accused of R-wording. Um, anyone, you know, accused of pedophilia, that sort of stuff. If it isn't true, how, you're screwed still. Your career's still ruined. You as a person, you're probably just in absolute shock. You've been accused of this horrible thing that you never did. There's nothing you can really do and there's definitely nothing the police do to ever help you in terms of aftercare or, you know, making sure that everyone does know that, no, it wasn't you who did this. It can leave some, like, lasting impact on people like OP who had nothing to do with this and the police were just like, you know what? Yeah, we were wrong, but I don't care. Go away. Yeah, I get a staff discount. I'm staff. So, this was last week. I'm at work. It's a Sunday. I'm at the end of my shift. I'm tired and I want to go home. I've just clocked out and I'm at the till with some fish treatment for a mate and some frozen food for my snake. As usual, the cashier gives me my staff discounts. We make conversation, but as there's someone else that wants to pay, I start to leave. That's when I hear this. The lady behind me says to the cashier, I want a discount. The cashier replies, I can't just give you a discount, I'm afraid. I turn around at this point because I know the cashier is terrible with confrontation. Even me with my anxiety is better at arguing and I have a feeling a manager may be needed so it's best I stick around. Why not? She got one. The lady is pointing at me. The cashier calmly explains that I work here so I'm entitled to a staff discount. She doesn't work here. I'm in here all the time and I've never seen her before. I go over to her and unzip my jacket so she can see my work polo underneath. The company name is clearly on it and I have my work keys on my lanyard around my neck with the company logo on them. I say, no, the cashier's right. I do work here. No, you don't. She throws a dirty look in the cashier's direction. You two are friends, aren't you? He's giving you stuff cheaper because you're friends. I'll have you fired for this. I deserve a discount. The cashier looks on the verge of tears. You can either pay for your items and leave with them or leave without them. It's your call, I say. I deserve a discount. I end up going to get the manager from upstairs. And between us, the cashier and two more staff members, we manage to get this woman to just pay for her stuff full price and go. I go home, get my rats in the freezer before they defrost. All is well. But that's not the end of it. The same lady came back in today while I was on tills. She comes straight up to my till with a bunch of items and declares she usually gets a discount. I recognize her 
And I've seen this scam before, though never from someone as brazen as this. Oh, really? I've never seen you in here before. The lady points to a colleague. This colleague happens to be one of the ones who witnessed the ordeal last week. Ask him. He knows who I am. My colleague said, oh yeah, she's the woman last week that demanded we give her a discount because she didn't believe that you worked here. The woman looks mad. If this were a cartoon, there'd be smoke coming out of her ears. Ah, I say, well, that'll be this price. I don't remember the exact amounts. It was pretty decent though. I believe she was buying a tank and set up, so well over 500 pounds probably. And my discounts? I can't give you one, I'm afraid. Oh, you're new. I always get a discount. I've been here over two years, actually. Well, I've never seen you before. Really? Because that's what you said last week. Again, that'll be the price. The lady huffs and throws an air stone at me. I'm not sure if it was on purpose, but it hit me in the face. It's gonna bruise. I'm more annoyed that my colleague and I ended up having to reshelve all the stuff she left on my desk. Fish tanks are heavy. Oh, and the best parts? The same colleague sent me a screenshot of a Google review this afternoon. That very woman had left a review saying we ruined my son's birthday because we wouldn't serve me. She called us rude and all the usual rubbish. My manager replied and chewed her out with the truth. What a lad. Uh, yeah, and that is it for the r slash I do work Kennedy story. I really do not understand what this woman was trying to achieve here at all. Did she just not remember who you were? I guess she had no idea. But why would you try and use the same tactic that you thought someone else used on you the week prior, which didn't work at the time? Uh, I mean, maybe she thought it did work. I'm really bemused by this. I mean, like this would never, ever work because surely when you say to the colleague or the, you know, the worker, oh no, this guy over here knows who I am. He gave me a discount last week. And then they just say, no, I didn't. Then the whole ruse is up. I don't really understand it. What was she trying to achieve? I have no idea. But um, I'm glad that, you know, she didn't get a discount. Although I'm not really sure how she ever would have done. Oh, and by the way, anyone that's kind of like questioning why OP is putting rats in the freezer. That's what you do when you have a snake. Trust me, I'd know. You got to, uh, yeah, you put them in the freezer and then you defrost them when you feed them to the snake. It's, it's pretty simple, but um, yeah, most people don't actually know that pretty cool stuff though all right now moving on to our next post this one is from r slash i don't work here lady park in employee parking versus i'm not an employee i'm not sure if this is the right sub but it sort of fits i've been reading posts and it reminded me of this hope you enjoy i'm female and was 24 at the time by the way this happened over the course of a few weeks about two years ago i was working as a construction slash design engineer for hospitals plumbing and air conditioning I work for a company that's hired by the hospital, not for the hospital itself. My company had been hired to do an ER renovation on an old hospital, and the plans for the existing building were really old, all damaged, and just didn't exist anymore, really. As low man on the totem pole, I got the fun job of going out to the hospital to document or investigate the existing buildings, which meant lots of going up on ladders and looking above the ceiling to trap down pipes and ducts and such. Because this was an ER, and therefore 24 hours a day, we had to time our investigation for non-busy times, namely 3am to 7am in the middle of the week. I was also working my normal office hours, because my job offered overtime or in lieu hours, and I needed the overtime pay, college loans, you know. So for all these interactions, I was exhausted and just didn't really give a dang. So, on to the story. 
I had to park in the hospital parking garage on the top floor to be out of the way of patients and visitors. I had finished early because an emergency had come into the ER and I had to get out of the way. I had some extra time, so I decided to close my eyes for a bit before driving to the office when I was woken up by a tapping on my window. A man was peering in the window. We will call him parking dude. I waved at him thinking he was just making sure I was all right. I was sleeping in a hospital parking lot after all. The dude gestured for me to roll down my window, so I cracked it to hear him better. He gruffly declared that employees are to park in the back lot or on the street if that's full. Next time I'll have you towed. He then turned and marched back to his golf carts, which he blocked me in with as I called out, I don't work here. He left, I left, and went to work thinking it was a one-time deal. Little did I know. Over the next few visits, I came back to my car to find increasingly angry parking tickets about parking in employee parking from now on. They were printed on A4 and very obviously homemade with the blurry hospital logo and word art parking enforcement across the top. The notes threatened booting, towing, and demands for my supervisor's name so I could be reported. I wish I still had them to share with you. My coworkers and I had quite a laugh over them. I even left a note on my dash saying I wasn't an employee and the next ticket had a rant about lying and that you will be written up for lying once I get your supervisor's name. Then one morning, I came out to find the parking dude waiting for me. He had blocked my car with his golf cart again and was grinning at me like a cat who got the cream. I walked up to him and he said, employees have to park in the back lot. You are in so much trouble. I demand to speak to your manager. Yes, he really said it. Give me their name and number and the department you work for. I won't let you leave until you give me your manager's name. He did have my car blocked in. I tried to explain that I wasn't an employee. I pointed out my outfits, work boots, jeans, safety glasses, and a tool belt with flashlights, tape measures, lasers, and a clipboard with my drawn plans, and told him that this is where hospital admin had told us to park. But he insisted that my disguise wasn't going to trick him and demanded to speak to my manager. I was so exhausted and wasn't really up to arguing, so I just pulled out my business card and my boss's card and handed them over. I told my boss about this and he just told me to ignore it, as of course he confirmed with the hospital that's where I was supposed to park. This dude pulled out his phone and called my boss and reported me. My boss, an older gentleman, who was also the president of the company, later told me he had told the dude that he had to let me leave or he was calling the police. When the dude hung up, he told me, I'm letting you leave this time, but next time you park here, I'll boot your car and find your real manager's number and report you. Some trick with your friend won't work. He got in his golf car and zoomed away. Luckily, my boss found this whole thing hilarious. It was about a week before I went back. Bad weather meant I was busy and the ER had no work for me. And I was almost done with my task. I will be back after construction started, but it's all on hold now because of COVID. I'd finished for the day once again and headed out to my car to find the dude had sort of done what he had threatened. There was a thick chain looped through the handle of my driver's side rear door and a cinder block all tied together with a large padlock. I knew this guy was a bit nutty, but I also had figured out he didn't have any real authority. So to find this half clever, half poorly thought out ball and chain attached to my car was a bit of a surprise. 
Now, I got into engineering because I like solving problems. I actually don't really like math, even if I'm not half bad at it. And this wasn't a particularly complex problem. I simply rolled my back window down and lifted the cinder block and excess chain into my car and then drove away. I passed the parking dude on my way out. To say he was shocked was an understatement and I gave him a jaunty wave as I drove by. It was a cold drive back to my office with the window open, but it was worth it for the look on his face. When I got to the office, I had to go in and sign out the bolt cutters and was followed out by a parade of my co-workers to see it for themselves. I had to go back one more time. I was eager to see what the parking dude might do after his last plan failed. I came out to find he had tried the chain and cinder block bit again. This time, he had wrapped the chain around the bottom of the wheel a few times and had the cinder block tied pretty close to the wheel and the chain through the handle again. It was definitely chains in a way that would take a lot more ingenuity to get out of or a pair of bolt cutters i hadn't returned to the office you know just in case i cut through the chain unchained the car and then loaded the whole lot into my trunk the dude must have been harassing some other person because he only pulled up as i was backing out of the spot he blocked my car again with his cart and jumped out He came up to my window and I did roll it down just to see what he had to say. Hey, hey, where are the chains? How did you get loose? This is stealing. Is it stealing to take stuff he attached to my car? I will have your job for this. I never did hear the rest of the rants as I yelled magic and I'm not an employee during a pause of breath and drove around his cart and away. It was the most dramatic exit of my life and will probably never be topped. It was my last day there for now and i've since gotten a new car so i'm not sure if i'll run into the parking dude again i'd like to think he is still puzzled over how i managed to unchain my car my boss did lodge a complaint but i don't think anything came of it anyway that's my i don't work here story hope it was worth the read yeah dude that is definitely the right subreddit i mean that's just amazing it's so cool because clearly he is trying to be you know clever and clamp your car in various different ways but you as like a trained professional engineer you're obviously going to know better ways than him to deal with this sort of stuff it's, it's it's awesome that like it started off as you being annoyed with what he was doing and then you were like you know what i'm going to accept this challenge everything you've got for me parking dude throw it throw it all at me and i guarantee that i'll be able to break out of whatever you you, you trap my car in or stuff like that it was pretty cool to see the little game that unfolded between you two i loved it personally i like to see it televised and put on that tv as a game show get out of this parking lot it'll be called doesn't sound that appealing does it no it doesn't but you never know it could work um any tv stations that want to air that show um lady called the police because i was wearing a hoodie i work at a somewhat large gas station while we're given one jacket with the store logo on it there are eight cashiers and even if covid wasn't a thing that's just not sanitary Our normal uniform is a pair of black pants and a bright polo with the store logo. So it was pretty cold yesterday and I was wearing my hoodie because the store is built very cheap and isn't insulated. The ceiling is just bare metal. I was sitting in the chair for a couple of minutes by the eating area because it was pretty slow when I saw a car pull in. So I went back behind the counter. Here comes the delusional lady. She walked up to my counter and asked, Um, excuse me, where is the cashier? You're looking at him. What can I do for you? I come here every morning and I've never seen you. You don't even have the uniform. Now, the reason that's relevant is because I always work late evenings, so I've never seen this lady in my life. 
I probably haven't been awake before 2 p.m. in a year. Uh, tell me about it. Oh, sorry about that. It's just cold in here and the heat doesn't really work. So I took off my hoodie to prove to this lady that I did in fact work here. She then pulled out her phone as two other customers walked in and a line formed behind her. The lady says, this guy doesn't work here. I think he's stealing. I'm calling the police. So she walked off to the seating area and dialed for the police. Meanwhile, I guess the other two people realized she was an idiot and let me ring them up. She watched the entire time, telling the police I was pocketing money. When they arrived, we ended up having to call my manager to the store to explain that I did, in fact, work there. They let her off with a warning and banned her from the store. The police wouldn't let the store stay open for the entire hour it took the manager to get there. I was never detained as it was obvious I worked there, but they insisted on talking to the manager. And did I mention, I'm the assistant manager. Ugh. Yeah, a few issues I've got with this woman. Um, Number one, why would you care what the store employee is working? I mean, if they're wearing a hoodie and it's a cold day, is that really impacting you at all? It wouldn't matter to me, but for some reason it matters to this lady. Fair enough. And two, did she really think that someone robbing the store would then would then act as if they were actually an employee serving customers and serving her rather than just running out the store? Who would do that? I mean, you have to be a very... Uh, not smart but idiotic robber to be honest if you thought that you know doing that would actually make you get away with the crime you're committing surely every robber in that situation is getting money from behind the till and getting out of there before the police are actually called they're not going to stay and feign that they're work at the store no one's going to believe that and also as soon as the manager comes downstairs or the other person working there who they robbed they're going to be like well you don't work here i'm calling the police makes no sense to me now moving on to our next story This name tag isn't just a cute accessory. So this happened about two to three years ago, but I've just now remembered it. For some context, I work at the infamous Bullseyes Mart. I'm sure you guys are familiar with the uniform there. Khaki pants, red shirt of some kind, name tag, closed toe shoes, you get the idea. I'm lucky that the Mart I work at is pretty chill on uniform. As long as the outer layer is 90% of some shade of red and the pants aren't ripped to high heaven and everything is work appropriate, we can wear whatever we want, including jeans. Incidents. So, it's a warm summer day at work and I'm wearing my coolest work appropriate attire. The lightest pair of jeans I have, sneakers and a red and white striped t-shirt and a name tag displaying my name and the store's logo on it since i'm working self-checkout that day i'm also outfitted with the right equipment namely a walkie-talkie a small portable scanner and keys that jingle with every step i take note the keys are the only thing slightly hard to spot just by looking at me the walkie and scanner are pretty bulky so for the last five minutes i've been running every which way helping the small crowd that descended upon the self-scan lanes so it might appear to the unobservant that i'm some clueless customer trying to find a certain candy bar on lane or something finally the line calms down enough and no one needs my immediate attention so i walk over and stand next to the woman waiting in line for the self-scan I exhale and enjoy my brief moment of peace when the woman, the Karen of the story, gives a surprised, wow. Me, thinking she was talking about the long line we just had, said, nice summer days bring in a big crowd, huh? But she replied, I can't believe you just cut me. I was confused. I I didn't cut you. Yes, you did. I watched you walk over, grab a candy bar, and then stand in front of me. You cut me in line. I just stood there, confused. No candy bar in hand. 
then it clicked mom i work here she kind of scoffed <laughs> yeah likely story i looked down at my bulky walkie and scanner and my name tag and say very likely karen rolled her eyes and walked away muttering something about how rude some people can be she then proceeded to get into the only other open lane which had three people ahead of her one looking like a fairly large order I kind of shrug and share a people will be people look with the next guy in line But it's not over yet About 15 minutes later the cashier i'll call her alia waved me down So I walked up to her side of the lane while still keeping an eye on the self-scan What's up alia the machine won't take this lady's coupon I glance over and karen and I lock eyes She scoffs and rolls her eyes. I ignore her and glance at the coupon alia's holding Oh, here's the problem. The coupons expired. Just by a day, though. I hand the coupon back to Alia. We can still honor it. Just enter the price change manually and put the coupon with the others. I don't know how to do that. Karen groans. Ah, then call someone over to show you how to do it and stop wasting my time. I can show you. I say. Really? Then Karen says, at the same time as Alia, you, you can? can. Yeah, it's pretty simple. So I show Alia how to enter a coupon manually and what to do with it afterwards She thanks me and i'm about to head back to my post when karen looks at me absolutely flabbergasted Wait, so you do work here? I'm still slightly confused. I have for a couple years now. Why do you ask? You do work here and that's not a halloween costume I just kind of stare at the woman and alia later told me I looked exactly like that one meme where the math is floating around a woman's head Then I told the karen. Why would I be wearing a halloween costume in the middle of july? Yeah, i'm not really sure what sort of halloween costume the woman thought you were wearing in this situation I mean light jeans and a red and white striped t-shirt nothing really springs to mind and also yeah It's the middle of july. Honestly, the lengths that people go to to try and excuse themselves from just getting things wrong How could you be more wrong than saying I thought you were wearing a halloween costume when the dude's wearing normal work clothes and it's in july No one's believing that karen trust me. You're not fooling me on that one. I know that you were just chatting out of your bum Let me just keep it at that. I don't know. Maybe she just went to such a length in her own mind that you could not in any world be an employee of this store that she had to somehow think of a weird story that would make her mind sit at rest and just accept that, oh wait, this person's dressing up for Halloween. Maybe that's the the, the logic that this Karen went to in her own mind, but makes no sense to me as per usual. Now moving on to our last post. I need to know who you are before I let you in. This happened about an hour ago. The place I work at is a factory composed of several different buildings. This morning, the outside air temperature was the coldest in the continental US, so everyone is bundled up a lot. We're also wearing COVID masks while indoors. I bundled up and walked up the hill to our maintenance building, where I plan to get some short lengths of wire for an upcoming project. I'm waiting at the tool crib counter, but the person in charge is nowhere to be found. I go off to run a few other errands and come back 10 minutes later to find nothing has changed and the overseer is still MIA. This is pretty typical as 95% of the people who need stuff in the tool crib already have an access key. The rest of us almost never set foot in the maintenance building anyway. After another five minutes of waiting, I see one of the maintenance guys I know. We'll call him Blaine. I've talked to him a lot when he covers shifts in the guard shack. He even told me his strategy for success once. It turns out you are supposed to work your way to the bottom of the ladder, so nobody notices you and you'll never be on some middle manager's chopping block. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with that. 
I asked Blaine if he can help me out. He asks what I need and what I'm going to do with it. I tell him and he gets a weird look on his face. He says, first of all, who are you? Now, it dawns on me that I'm still completely bundled up and wearing a face mask with only my eyes left visible. On top of that, he assumed I was a worker in the factory and everything I just told him would be shady as F if I was. I would have absolutely no business working anywhere near this building, let alone performing electrical work. I pull down my mask to let him see my face and tell him my name and department. We laugh and he takes me to the rolls of wire where I proceed to plunder all four pieces I wanted. And there we go. A nice little positive story to end on. You know what? Not all the content on my channel is wholly negative. You know, we do have some nice stories like this where it's just a simple miscommunication and the people work it out and they can all go on with their day, help each other out. And it's a story to tell to the grandkids. It was a funny one. I enjoyed it. No one got hurt and no one was annoying. So that has made me feel very happy. To be honest, though, whilst reading through that story, I was just thinking to myself, I cannot wait for a world in which we don't have to wear a mask all the time because oh, it's so annoying. Not only does it lead to situations like this, but it's just annoying in general for everyone, isn't it? Look, I totally get why we're wearing masks and obviously saving lives is extremely important. But when this virus finally goes away and I don't have to put a mask on when I go outside, I'll be pretty happy. That's for sure. Yelled at by customer at work. This happened to me in March of this year. Just as the lockdown started and many stores had started having special shopping hours for elderly and high-risk customers. I worked at a grocery store on the overnight stock crew and my shift ended at the same time the special hours started. I would frequently pick up items I needed at the end of my shift before heading home. On this particular morning, we had finally gotten a shipment of toilet paper and cleaning wipes in. I picked up a 12-pack of the cheapest toilet paper in the store and a canister of Clorox wipes for my mum, who is high risk. I was not wearing my black work polo because I was seven months pregnant and it didn't fit, so I was allowed to wear a plain black t-shirt instead. I picked up a few food items and headed for the register. I ended up in line behind an older woman. She said very pointedly to the cashier, who is a friend of mine, that we needed to be more strict on the elderly and high-risk guidelines. She looked straight at me as she said it. She said we needed to have a guard at the door to make sure that no one was coming in during the special hours, except those that actually needed to shop at those times. At our store, it was from 7am to 8am every day. She also said that if the store lets other people into shop, they should make sure that they don't buy the essentials that other people need, looking at the toilet paper and Clorox wipes in my hands. Now, my coworker is an elderly woman, and she is not shy. She's a spitfire, and she'll tell you what she thinks and doesn't give two dangs about what you think. She looks straight at the woman and says, there is a limit on essential items. You can't buy two packs of toilet paper. The customer had two of the biggest packs of toilet paper we sold. We're talking 18 rolls. The woman snapped at her with a, fine, whatever, but I'm not coming in here if you're going to keep letting other people in during the special hours. I want to speak to a manager. Bet you guys didn't see that one coming. My co-worker calls the manager on duty, which happens to be my manager on the overnight crew. He comes up and this woman goes off yelling about how we're letting regular people shop during the special hours how the cashier was rude and was limiting her etc full on karen my manager looks at me and can see that i'm irritated he looked at the customer and straight up said i would like for you to leave she got angry and asked why she should be the one to leave when she was clearly following the rules of the shopping hours and i was not he said and i'll never forget this for the rest of my life 
this customer you are harassing is my best employee she just finished working a nine-hour shift to fill these shelves so that you could come in to buy your essentials she is picking up a few items after her shift and on top of that you're harassing a pregnant woman who is considered high risk and she has as much of a right to shop during these hours as you do she is exhausted and she's scared because of the pandemic but she comes in every night works extra hours and busts her butt so people like you can come in and talk down to her you can leave now and you're welcome to stay out and he walked away she tried to stammer an apology at me and ask about my baby when i was due what i was having etc when the loss prevention guy showed up to escort her out i ignored her and picked up one of her packs of toilet paper instead of the 12 pack i had grabbed i checked out my items and was on my way while the loss prevention guy took her picture and made notes that she was banned from the store for 30 days for harassing an employee yeah, I guess the moral of this story, guys, is that you, you never really know if someone is high risk or not. Just because they're not old or just because, you know, they're not pregnant. Maybe she didn't know you were pregnant, whatever. It doesn't mean that someone's not high risk. Or maybe, as you said, OP, you were buying for someone who is high risk, your mum, you know, who's elderly. So, yeah, I guess just don't presume until you really know is, is the moral of this story. But um, I kind of get a little bit what this woman was saying. Obviously, this Karen did not go about it in the right way. She should have been way more polite than just going mental at you and, and the staff. But I get what she was saying and that it is important to respect these special hours so that elderly people, people who are high risk, get the stuff that they do need and deserve. It was just unfortunate for her that OP, you'd been working all night stocking the shelves and you were just on your way out. And yeah, she happened to uh, to get annoyed at you. But um, yeah, I kind of see what she was saying. Do you know what I mean, guys? I'm being a little bit, you know, lenient with this woman, but I kind of understand where she was coming from. She's probably tired as well. She's probably scared of going out in the pandemic. But yeah, no need to be overly aggressive in this one is my overall point, I think. Now moving on to our second story. She does work here, lady. She just doesn't get paid. While this is not the typical retail horror story, I thought you might enjoy it here anyway. I'm a retired veteran and have been for more than 20 years, making this story just about three decades old. Use your disclaimers for the passage of time and my failing memory, but I'll do my best. Thank you. I'm in civilian government service these days, but back then I was a technical sergeant in the healthcare administration field. I've been assigned to the base hospital's outpatient records office as the non-commissioned officer in charge, not long before these events transpired, and we were short-staffed due to operations Desert Shield and Desert Storm, so we were busy. This was long before the days of electronic medical records. These were good, old-fashioned, coloured folders, chock-full of all your appointment notes and test results, all filed on shelves, lots and lots of shelves. What with active duty personnel, their family members, and local retirees and their spouses, there are about 44,000 of them. If you scheduled an appointment more than 24 to 48 hours in advance, we will pull your record the night before and send it to your provider's clinic. Otherwise, you had to come see us yourself to sign out your record before you could be seen. It was a weekday, early to mid-morning, I think, and we had a long, long line of patients at our service window. I was on duty along with two to three junior enlisted workers and RL, a very nice lady. We were dodging each other in the narrow aisles and pulling records as quickly as we could. It wasn't quick enough for IK though, impatient Karen, who RL, the records lady, was helping. I was near the window checking a patient's eligibility when the impatient Karen sighed like the air brakes on a bus pulling up to the curb. A moment later, she starts whining. What is taking so long? 
then, this is stupid. I can't believe this. And what's wrong with her? Waiting in line is rarely fun and is much less so when you or your children are sick. So I get it. I stepped up and I told the Karen I'd check on her record and be right with her. I found the records lady in the aisle looking at the shelves with confused frustration and I understood the delay. Now my colleague, the records lady, had suffered a traumatic brain injury some years before and while she didn't have any major deficits or disabilities, she occasionally had trouble processing numbers. Our records were organized using a terminal digit system based on the first two digits of the last four digits of the service member's social security number. This could be challenge enough for the lady if she was in a rush. Being under the pressure of a foul-tempered Karen did not help. I suggested she take a break in the back found the record and took it to the service window here you go mom i'm sorry about the weights finally you need to get rid of that woman i can't believe she actually gets paid to work here each exclamation point by the way there was accompanied by an increase in not just volume but also venom i should complain to your commander I wondered how in the heck this woman could not see and understand the difference between my colleague record lady's uniform and mine. I was wearing BDU's, battle dress uniform, and she was wearing street clothes with an apron. Mine was woodland camo and her apron was white with some red trim, maybe pink too, and a conspicuous red cross smack dab in the middle of it, as in the American Red Cross. So I hand the impatient Karen her record and say, I understand your frustration and again, I'm sorry for the wait. But while she, the records lady, does work here, she's a Red Cross volunteer. She doesn't get paid for helping you. Not one dime. However, I'll forward your concerns to my commander and I'll send a copy to your husband's commander as well as a professional courtesy, of course. She went pale, realizing that she may have just gotten her husband into trouble. She drank her big steaming cup of STFU and walked the walk of shame to her appointment without another word. Just as I promised, I wrote up the incident for my commander, who actually contacted the impatient Karen's husband, clued in my first sergeant, and CC'd the hospital patient advocates, just in case. I never heard anything further. Not long after that, I worked with the Red Cross coordinator to find the records lady another volunteer position, one where she wouldn't be subjected to that kind of treatment, something that also better suited her talents. She really was a nice, generous lady, and I didn't want to see her volunteer efforts wasted thanks to some self-centered Karen's abusiveness. Oh man, I feel so bad with stories like this, you know, because yes, this person technically is an employee, but you know, they're not getting any money. They're volunteering their time just for you to come in, Karen, and just be like abusive to them and and ultimately really disrespectful and ruin their day when they don't even have to be there. Like they're literally gaining nothing being there in terms of a monetary value. They're just giving their time to help. Oh, it's such a shame. And yes, Karen didn't know, but but that's no excuse, right? You know, you can't just be horrible to an employee. Like in the first story, you can't just be horrible to a customer. You can't just be horrible to an employee. You don't know why they're there or why they're in a certain position. I guess the thing with both these stories is don't presume because, you know, or don't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me. And by you and me, I don't mean you and me. Uh, you watching and me speaking i mean you and me other people yeah it would would never be us don't worry um anyway 
it's a shame, isn't it? It's just a shame that people act this way because why not just, you know, go in with a little bit, you know, a bit more kindness and say, like, I'm really sorry. I am in a rush, but I, I, can I get these things because, you know, my kid's sick. I, I've got to go and do this. I've got to do whatever. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Oh, I just feel bad for this woman. And, and yes, she has been moved to probably a better position for her because she does not deserve this. But like, imagine what this would do to your self-esteem, getting abused when you're volunteering. It's not even like you're getting paid and you hate your job. You're volunteering. Oh, it's sad, but you know, I hope she has a better position now is all I can say. One that she at least enjoys more than, than this rubbish. My face on the building, but somehow I'm not the owner. I love this subreddit. I feel for all of the employees out there and wow, you've got some doozies. You're all fighting the good fights. Now, as for me, I have an IT services business serving corporate clients. But several years ago, I also had a small chain of computer repair stores and took consumer walk-ins. I was a pretty active owner and would work the front counter regularly because I like to interact with customers. And when I can, I like to try and stay close to what the front line is struggling with since they understand the business way better than me in some key regards. I also think pretty highly of myself. So I used to plaster my face on all of my advertising, which resulted in me becoming sort of a walking billboard for my business around town. That's amazing. So I'm working the counter at one of my shops and this fellow I'd never seen before walks in and brings his computer to the counter and tells me that his computer is not working and that I need to fix it. He was a second language learner, so you can't always assume someone is trying to be rude if English is not their first language. Sometimes it just sounds that way, so patience is important, and so is not judging someone. I thank him for coming in and explain to him the diagnostic fees we charged and that the diag fee went towards the repair, you know, all the standard stuff, and he immediately flies into a rage. He tells me that he'd already paid the fee and the computer still wasn't fixed. Oh no, I said, when did you bring it in? He said he couldn't remember, but that it wasn't that long ago. So I looked it up on the computer system and sure enough, there is his customer record complete with a serial number of his system. But it had been a full year since he had that computer in. When I explained this to him, and that it had been too long by anyone's standards, most new consumer computers only have a one-year factory warranty, and this was not a new computer, he flies into another tirade about what a rip-off we are, and how I need to fix this computer because it never worked right after he got it back. I explained it had just been too long, and that sets him off, screaming and threatening me. Now, fortunately, there was a counter between us, so I tell him to get out of my store. I use profanity. Look, it was not my finest hour, but profanity is a strong suit of mine. Well, if you've got it in your locker, just use it, man. But he won't leave and says he isn't leaving until I fix his computer for free. And he says he'll call the police if he has to. So I pick up the phone and dial police for him, explaining to the dispatcher, I have someone in my shop who threatened me and refuses to leave. So the police show up. And by this time, the guy has calmed down a bit and even seems thankful the police had arrived. After a short interview as to my job role and the situation, the responding officer says, sorry, the owner wants you to leave, so you're going to have to leave. This sets the guy off even more and he starts screaming. He's not the owner. I know the owner. The owner would never treat me this way. He's not the owner. So the policeman says, this is the owner. I happen to know he's the owner. The guy continues to argue with the officer, but he remains calm. Okay, how about we talk about this outside? 
To my surprise, the guy grabs his computer and goes outside with the officer, still ranting on and on about how I had no authority and the officer had no right to throw him out and he wants to speak to the owner. I could still see and hear the two of them outside the retail glass doors as the police officer calmly points to the nine foot tall retail windows on the front of the store with my photo taking up two thirds of the space and my name and title in about nine inch bold letters under my giant ugly face. So the man goes silent, packs his computer into his car, hops in and drives away. I never saw him again. I was really thankful one of my clerks didn't have to deal with that guy. But when I messaged them all this story, they all wish they had been there. Listen, guys, as I said in the intro, if you haven't heard of this subreddit before and you haven't seen one of my other videos on it, then you're missing out, first of all. And second of all, I wasn't lying. It has some of the best stories on the whole of Reddit as shown by that story. To be honest with you, OP, I'm not quite sure about having your face plastered across your buildings and all. But hey, it's your business. It's your company. Do what you got to do. I have to say, I do love the fact that you are so well ingrained in your business to the extent that you don't mind, you know, doing the dirty work, going and working on the counter and, you know, being part of your staff and really understanding what it's like to work in every sort of role in your business if i ever was like a big business owner i would love to think that i would act like this because it's so it's so good it helps you understand exactly what's going on but yeah i guess it could put you in a situation like this one where you are dealing with a customer who doesn't think that you're the owner because you know why would the owner be working in checkout that sort of stuff so instead you know you see what working with these sort of customers is like these entitled ones dealing with them you did it very well i've got to say um and it, it made for a hilarious ending imagine that guy walking outside turning around and seeing your big old ugly face on the side of the building incredible and by the way i don't know what he looks like but i'm allowed to say he's ugly because op has called himself ugly so leave me alone it's not bullying and now moving on to our second exceptional story of today's episode don't grab the staff she's a black belt first things first i've been hearing these stories on youtube and the discussion with my wife came up if i'd ever seen anything like this in my time in retail this story took place in the mid 1990s so i'm a bit fuzzy on the specific details and of course names have been changed to protect the innocent as well as the guilty back in my 20s i worked at a local hardware store that was just down the street from the city university where i ended up being promoted to store manager this was my college job i had a small staff that included several other students in particular a young lady cashier maria who aside from being an employee was also the girlfriend of a friend or classmate of mine who happened to be the manager of the barbecue restaurant in the same strip mall with us so i kind of looked out for her she was the sort of young lady who drew attention from her looks and figure that tended to receive unwanted advances from random customers this was typically dealt with by a passing comment of this is not a dating service from me to the cashier we'd already worked this out i wasn't getting after her i was giving her an escape route in this shop the cashier's station was basically a booth with two cash registers just at the front door of the store the break rooms in the back room and you have to walk through the paint department to get to the break room at her break time maria was walking back to the break room to relax and break out her books for class i was making my rounds through the store checking inventories etc when i heard a polite excuse me some muffled words i couldn't hear a more irritated excuse me not the kind like please let me pass but more like what the actual f did you just say to me followed by in quick succession a scream loud oof noise like someone got the wind knocked out of them a scuffle thud and loud crack 
then a lot of unintelligible screaming. Me and my floor salesman ran back to the area where the paint shaker was to find a guy we will call Grabby, one of the maintenance staff from the university, laying on the floor, gripping his arm and yelling how Maria had assaulted him. Call the paramedics, call the cops. Meanwhile, Maria was in shock. Josh repeating, Oh my god, I hurt him. Please don't fire me. I asked my salesman to call 911 and tend to the guy on the floor. I took Maria back to the office and had her lay out the story for me, knowing that I couldn't capture audio, but I did have very good video of the paint department as it was a high theft shoplifting area. The store being in a strip mall with a popular barbecue joint right next door happened to have police officers having lunch. So, The police response was officers were in the store before the salesman could even hang up the phone Officer one was sent back to the office to interview me and maria He pulled maria aside and asked her for her side of the story Grabby apparently as she was trying to get by him in the aisle Blocked her way and muttered to her in a threatening way that he was going to intimately assault her after work which apparently prompted the louder, annoyed, excuse me. He then proceeded to rather forcefully grab her breast. She though, then grabbed his wrist, spun, and did one of those over-the-shoulder flips and put him on the ground, where she heard something break. And as soon as the guy got his breath back, he started screaming in pain. She then turned so that her back was to me and pulled her top and bra slightly aside to reveal where his grip on her had been. He'd bruised her, leaving clear finger and thumbprints according to what she told me later. Officer one had her sit down and then proceeded to take my side of the story. I explained what the story was as I knew it, what I heard and saw, and showed him the videotape evidence. And sure enough, you could clearly see the guy lean in, her face sort of crinkle in an annoyed expression, the grab and the flip. She was clearly in self-defense. At this point, the paramedics were working on the guy. He had a huge lump on his head where it hit the floor and his arm the one he grabbed her with was broken apparently he came down on the tiled concrete floor pretty badly officer two came in to report to officer one who i guess was the higher ranking i don't know but he said grabby said that she grabbed him out of the blue and just flipped him and broke his arm because he wouldn't get out of the way fast enough that's the most ridiculous excuse i've ever heard grabby boy long story short he ended up escorted to the hospital by police to get his arm set and then arrested for uh intimate assaults can you use the real word here Uh, i'd rather you didn't so thank you battery he left bruises and giving a false police report maria was saying she didn't want to press charges she'd already hurt him however this type of assault the charges are automatic the fallout for grabby well he was charged and convicted on all counts through a plea deal He never went to court as the evidence was pretty overwhelming. He was banned for life from that store, fired from his job at the university, placed on an intimate offender registry, ended up divorced as his wife was none too happy about what he did, and last we knew, he was a guest of the state for at least five years. So at least we never had to testify. I might have left out one critical detail here, somewhat intentionally. Maria was a physical education major and was a black belt. Boom, another great story. I mean, he didn't really leave out that key detail because it was in the title, but I get what you're saying, OP. Great story. Maria, absolute legend. I mean, that is why people do self-defense. You know, kung fu, karate, taekwondo, all that stuff. It is technically self-defense and it should only be used for that reason, not aggressively. That's like the whole point of martial arts, isn't it, really? Um, And it's been put into fantastic practice here. That guy, man, 
Why? We're sick of people like you. It's 2021, mate. Go back to the, I don't know, I want to say 1800s, but no one even liked you then. So just, I'm just done with people like that. What's the point? Really? I mean, can you just not like go on a date with a girl or something like, I don't know, just match them on Tinder or Hinge or, or Bumble. There are loads of apps, mate. Go and use them. Don't assault people at work, please, man. You're better than that, Grabby. You're better than that. But yeah, honestly, good to see his life's been ruined and his wife has divorced him. Good for everyone, really, because you don't really want to be associated with a person like that. And if you are a person like that, you don't deserve to live in the society we all live in and enjoy. So uh, get rid of you. Into prison you go, grabby boy. And there we go, guys. That is going to do it for this one. Really hope you've enjoyed some of the very best I Don't Work Here Lady stories that I've ever personally read out. If you did and you want more from this subreddit and more stories just like those ones right away, check out this episode on screen and down below in the description. And if you are new to the channel and you're still watching and you haven't yet done so, Hit the subscribe button. You owe it to me. It's a rite of passage. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.